hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 50. I am your host, Kamran Shishtar, and with me is... A very excited James Selig. Alright guys, it is Friday, June 28th. Not June 28th, I'm looking at the time. It is 628. <laughs> it is actually June 12th. <laughs> Already off to a fantastic start. It's going to be a fun, wild ride, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, like, holy shit, what the fuck? Exactly. Where'd the month go? Friday, June 12th, that is the day. Uh, the time is 628. Uh, getting that down, because I've already lost my mind. Uh, it Yeah, it's our 50th episode, 50th anniversary of episodes. I guess that's what you would call it. But actually, it's also a little bit over now. It was supposed to be before, but our two-year two anniversary of doing the show. Uh, normally, I'm sure a lot of shows, if they're like weekly or bi-weekly, uh, they usually have had their 50th episode way before two years but you know we go off and on we've had um trials and tribulations in the past whether it's with work or school or just everything else in life kind of hitting us especially yeah. since this is like this isn't our main thing this isn't what we get paid to do or anything this is just a hobby for us to have fun uh and just kind of talk random crap well people will actually listen to us which is always nice when people actually do and i'm like whoa that's crazy yeah but, sometimes life gets in the way but we do like to do this yeah, so since it's been 50 episodes, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of, like, we probably have a lot of, we could have new people listening and stuff that weren't there day one, two years ago. So just to kind of reiterate, who are we? Uh, James, who are we, actually? Uh, who are you, James? Let's see, I'm about 29 now, and I just finished college at UC Davis and got my degree in biochemistry. Which is crazy because when we first started recording, you were just getting back to school. Yeah, like literally, I remember going back and listening to one of our early podcasts. I guess it was like the first one, like a, a little while ago. And go, like, I remember basically one of the first things we talked about was like, I am going back to school. Like, I'm about to go back to school. So it's kind of crazy to see that it like, shit, two years have passed. And I'm like, I got a degree in biochemistry now. I'm a fucking scientist, like, for reals? What? Yeah. That didn't sound super professional. Please, anyone who wants to hire me, to disregard that. I need a job, it's, please. It's already over for you, dude. Just, uh, you know. I swear, get, I, I work really good in teams. I'm, like, super smart. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'll do, like, whatever. I'll, I'll wash, like, beakers. I don't care. Of course. And uh, me, myself, I'm Kamran Shushtar. Uh I am, uh, I do a couple different things. So I am the gaming expert, that's an actual position, I know, at uh, Microsoft at one of the actual physical locations, one of the retail stores. I run like gaming tournaments and kind of organize community events and things like that, uh, which I've basically throughout this whole pandemic, I've uh, been working from home uh, since mid-March, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's St. Patty's Day around that time, I want to say. Uh, I've been doing that, and then I've, on and off, like, just depending on how we've been doing as a team, I work as a sound designer as well on an uh, independent game studio that we all work remotely from called uh, Forward Instinct. And we've so far, we're working on a second title uh, that we're going to put out on PC eventually. Uh, but our first title may possibly know it. It's called Midnight Ultra. It's on Steam. But uh, I do sound design for them. I uh, pretty much that is my main thing is a, I'm a sound designer 
Uh, so James is a biochemist, I'm a sound designer. Uh, we're pretty much the same field. Uh, we do a lot of the same stuff. They're not different whatsoever at all. Um, but I actually do uh, want to basically go further into like AAA game audio eventually myself. So anything I say here in previous podcasts, please don't hold that against me. I know I'm like, sometimes I talk a little shit, but I'm also very uh, much loving the game industry and everything else. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm just into all of it. And James, we uh, together... We, we've uh, been friends since pretty much since birth, almost, uh, yeah, since like, l- literal memory. I literally can't remember a time when we weren't friends. Yeah, we, we actually grew up uh, a block away from each other, uh, and we're friends since, like, toddler age, like three or something, and eventually we basically went to the same K-8 through school, which was, like, you know, elementary, middle school that was kind of, like, put together, and then split off during high school and it didn't really it was pretty much like we only went to school together for the first uh you know kindergarten through eighth grade and after that kind of separated but we're still friends hung out a lot on weekends and whatnot yeah and uh even throughout everything going to different schools like i left to georgia for school and uh you've been before in riverside and then now in davis but uh pretty much we've pretty much kept together and uh, one thing we did do when we were in the same area at certain points was go to a corner store and just go to kind of it would be our time to catch up so we'd go and go to the store to buy something random like soda or a candy bar or some random shit honestly half the time i didn't even buy anything i just went for the walk but uh we we would just talk about random shit whether it be about like oh did you hear about this game or hear about this movie hear about this comic whatever uh, or what we were playing or watching, it would be like, oh, did you hear about this? And we would be talking, we'd get to one of our houses, and we'd just end up talking there for another, honestly, like an hour or two sometimes. And it would just be hella late and be like, all right, dude, catch you again later. And yeah, good talk. <laughs> that made us want to honestly make this podcast. It was like, oh, shit, we talk about a lot of stuff. What if people listen to this? It would be random, but why not? Uh, just kind of went off from there. And now we have Sutra Side Talk, uh, which, of course, we grew up in the Sutra Heights area of San Francisco, which is like the outer Richmond by Sutra Park and Sutra Baths, Land's End, all that kind of stuff. So I felt that was a uh, very relevant title specifically to us that only we would ever... It, it doesn't really relate to anyone else, so it's like this is kind of our trademark in a way even though i didn't trademark it but whatever <laughs> i don't have money Please to do don't that seal our podcast name. <laughs> don't seal our title bro but yeah that's that's who we are um more or less uh the same uh in terms of friendship at least but now we're 50 percent into this podcast and we're hoping hopefully we'll see if we can do another 50 after this i will actually talk about how we feel about this podcast probably near the end since it's our 50th episode, of course, as well, uh, we've been talking about it in previous episodes. Uh, this is going to be like three hours long. Uh, we're even going to take a break at a certain point to go just get food and eat and stuff. Uh, just because it's night and we're going to be hungry in three hours by the end yeah. of it. It's just going to be, we don't want to rush things, basically. And we got, like, kind of want to get out of here. to talk about. Like, we got the PlayStation event to talk about. We got some IGN stuff to talk about. And, like, I know you want to spend some time to talk about... Uh, the witcher for sure finally get yeah. that done uh and i will say too uh special i guess i'll, I'll save it for the end uh, i'll of just kind of like what changes are 
or things you'll notice in this episode too, honestly, when you look at the show notes. But like I said, I'll save it to the end. But yeah, uh, the whole agenda for today, guys, is we're just going to talk about uh, recently there were a lot of delays in events, which we'll talk about next, but uh, we'll talk about that. There is some last minute news that came out today that we'll cover because honestly, in the last week or so, there hasn't been any big movie TV news at all. So that's been interesting. All of a sudden, though, last minute, we got some big delays. After that, we got, yeah, the IGN Expo has been going on for three days. It's going to probably be our shortest gaming topic just because, uh, honestly, we just weren't interested in a lot of the games that were shown. It's just, you know, it's not our cup of tea. You can't like every single game that's out there. Uh, We'll talk about the Destiny live stream that happened uh, with everything shown, along with the kind of beginning mission at the very least of the new season. And, of course, the biggest thing is probably going to be the talk about the PS5 reveal, which uh, (laughs) we almost didn't get to do for our 50th episode. But, you know, everyone delaying things at the same time kind of worked out, ironically. And then uh, after that, we're going to go into kind of what we've been playing, what we've been watching. And normally we only get either recently in the last couple months, we either couldn't get any in just because the sheer amount of news or uh, we maybe get one or two things in each, but now we're able to honestly just cover a shit ton today since we're going three hours. So we're like, oh, you know, let's go hog wild, which uh, I'll personally, my big two kind of headliners are going to be uh, an in-depth discussion about The Witcher 3, as well as uh, kind of a big uh, rundown on my... Uh, my living in the world of the CW TV shows in terms of kind of how I'm standing with them. Cause it's just kind of like the biggest thing in terms of like a combined consistent network of shows that I've kind of been watching for years and how I feel about them at this point. Uh, and then James, what would be, what would you say is your big flagship that you want to talk about after all the news? So I didn't think I'd actually get done with it by now, but I actually finished days gone and I platinumed it. Because actually, okay. it actually wasn't. That oh, hard. you platinumed it! Oh yeah, shit! Like, honestly, I was really glad that most of the trophies, like there were no missable ones, and it's all stuff that you basically are going to get done throughout the course of the game anyway. So, but like literally, by the time I finished the game, the last trophy that I had to get done was just like drift and do your nitrous for like five seconds at the same time. That was it. So. I ha- I actually wrote like a decent amount of notes on how I feel about that game because it's like I got a lot of mixed feelings about certain things. So there's that and then I'll probably try to just spend a bunch of time getting through as many of my shows that I've had like piling up as I can. Nothing like really gotcha. huge, just like days gone and then just a bunch of shows probably. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So without further ado, we'll just kind of get into more or less everything. Uh, we'll start with something a little bit more serious, but also informative in terms of just kind of like uh, some delays that happened. So uh, certain events have been delayed, which now some have released by this time, like PlayStation 5, Call of Duty Seasons, stuff like that. But a few other kind of gaming uh, showcases and whatnot have been delayed because of kind of making way for all the protests that have been happening recently uh, after the murder of George Floyd by police. Yeah. So... Uh, during that week, you know, we had uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands expansion livestream was delayed to a further date. Originally, it was supposed to be June 9th. Uh, that was, yeah, the next expansion. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, 
it was gonna have a big showcase. I think it was called Night City, um, Night City something. It was it was it was something that actually sounded pretty cool. It was delayed from uh, June 11th to June 25th. Uh, EA Play Live was delayed from June 11th to June 18th, so that'll be next week. Uh, and the Steam Game Festival was delayed from June 9th to June 16th, which is also next week. Uh, we ourselves, because kind of on uh, Blackout Tuesday, didn't want to... On that Monday right before it, uh, we were going to release our 49th episode, which we had previously recorded before uh, everything began. So I had delayed it to kind of the Friday of that week, but then I realized it shouldn't still come out. So I delayed it instead to the Monday, following giving a full like seven days instead. Uh, just because also uh, we were, had delayed recording this episode. We were supposed to record it like Thursday night, Friday night, uh, the previous week, aligning pretty much with the PlayStation 5 reveal as well. Uh, but honestly, with everything going on, it felt very... It just didn't feel right to do it. And I was yeah. honestly kind of knee-deep in just kind of keeping up with everything, seeing what I could do support from home on what I could, like, social media and everything going on, which pretty much, like, if you didn't guess, Black Lives Matter, and yeah, we're like, pretty much in full support of it. Without a and, doubt. Yeah, I've been keeping up with everything still and just keep following what you can do. Um, I will say, too, I'm posting in our show notes, you will see a link, uh, which I didn't... I was planning on... If you've listened to an episode very, very much in the beginning... I uh, wanted to do once we got to like 50 consistent subscribers and followers uh, for the show, like do a donation link to a specific cause every episode, just like a different one. We maybe get to like a new an, one we've already done eventually, but basically do as many new ones as possible. So we're actually starting that with this episode. We're going to start with the bail project, which bails out basically protesters uh, from different states, depending on kind of like where it's being focused on. But uh, it basically goes to bail protesters out of prison that get arrested for standing up to the police. So you'll see that in the show notes. Uh, we'll talk about it again at the end of the show, but I just wanted to say that real fast. So pretty much you'll see that's pretty much all the delays and everything else that's happened because of it. And we'll move on now uh, kind of to the rest of the news that we have for today. All right, so we got uh, some last-minute news I got to put in. Uh, this is actually from today, and... It is specifically some big stuff from Warner Brothers. So first off, we got some movies del movie delays again. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a, a waterfall of things, kind of like when Disney said, we're going to delay everything, and you saw the massive list of uh, Marvel, Pixar, Disney animated, Disney live action shows, their movies just like thrown all over the place. Uh, this one's a lot smaller, but still, nevertheless, like it's three titans, basically. Uh, Tenet has been delayed from uh, July 17th to July 31st. Uh, it's only like two weeks, honestly, but it's still like a delay. Uh, I wonder that, why. Like, it's not even like a month. Huh. I, I think, honestly, it's because they still want to ha have a max amount of people in the theater. Uh, and they want to give as much time as possible. So I guess they think that two weeks will make... All, like it could make honestly a, a million dollar difference or three million dollar difference and i think that's a difference they want to have potentially I, i'm not too sure i don't even know how much they make differently that's probably still a small number for them honestly but i, I have no yeah. idea that's a fair point well i mean like 
I don't know. We're all uh, there's like been so much news recently about massive movie theater chains like AMC possibly going under permanently just because of what's been going on. Especially also, they're they're not showing was it Universal movies now too at the theaters, which is insane. Oh, for real, weird. I mean, all, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, like even um, restaurants here have been closing too. It's Tops was been around since uh, like most of the 1900s, and it just closed uh, apparently, yeah. or is about to, which really sucks. But uh, that's a local restaurant here in San Francisco. But you see, everyone's being affected one way or another. Yeah, uh, so like you, I think you're right. Like even just like a million bucks might be they'll they'll try to get whatever they can for sure yeah so with tenant being delayed uh this in turn i guess because they don't want it too close uh delays uh wonder woman 1984 from august 14th to october 2nd damn yeah so it's almost delayed a full year since its original november 2019 release date that it had Man. before it was then delayed to june and then now again to uh november or to then uh august to then october uh so that in turn unfortunately has delayed i guess godzilla versus king kong from november 2020 to may 2021 hmm. so now we're not getting godzilla versus king kong for pretty much it's Damn, now been it's delayed even... a full year originally yep. it was supposed to come out in april of it's, this year it's not even coming out this year anymore nope damn oh well yeah it that's uh the only like it's like i get get it i'm still crying inside but i get it yeah um just because you know that was the movie i've been wanting pretty much more than all the other movies currently and uh let's see oh yeah inception (laughs) is coming back to theaters for its 10th anniversary Uh, i was like yeah so it's taking the place of tenant from uh july 17th so they're like, well, let's put something there. So you're gonna, you can watch Inception again in theaters, because uh, I guess they they're like, you know, we're, that's something you could just get bonus money on. Screw it. So that way we're also not losing a spot at the box office, and it wouldn't make money that much anyway. So it's kind of it works out, I guess, for the theaters that will be open by that time. I mean, hell, even San Francisco theaters might be open, I think, by that time too. So who knows? I mean, until, of course, uh, it seems like there's going to be resurgence in cases, and then everything will probably close again all over the place. I already heard Florida's got mass ones, but that's Florida, so that's kind of, you know, it's Florida. Uh, so we'll see what happens everywhere, how it goes. But, yeah, that's uh, WB's movie delays. And then, James, that's not all. Something else happened, or potentially might happen, which I'm just like, are you fucking serious? So... Uh. For those that don't know, AT&T had bought uh, Time Warner back in 2018 for $109 billion. I did not know that. Yeah, huh. so... yeah, Wait, I, I, I don't, If I did, I definitely forgot. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, so AT&T has owned Warner Brothers, W, like everything WB, DC Comics, everything. Everything is under AT&T now. Like, they're the parent company. Huh. So they own Time Warner... They basically technically then own CNN, they own all that shit, but because they bought it for $109 billion in 2018, it amassed a $200 billion debt, which it's like, oh, good job, thanks. Uh, So now investors have called on AT&T to sell non-core assets such as DirecTV and now WB Interactive, which for those that don't know... 
WB Interactive is the Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment Gaming Division, which includes, of course, studios like NetherRealm, Avalanche, Rocksteady, WB Montreal, I believe that's the oh, studio. No. So, Those are yeah. all such good studios, though. Yeah. I mean, remember how smart Disney was when they said, hey, let's fucking nuke LucasArts and not have Lucas games come out anymore and just give them to EA. And everyone was like, yeah, that's going to go off right. And then we lost Star Wars 1313 and instead got Battlefronts 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Also, we lost Clone Wars and then had to wait like this fucking long for the last season to come back. I mean, like... And still get a bunch of scrap stories. And then one of them was like middle tier it wasn't even that good yeah out of the arcs i mean i hear that jedi fallen order was pretty good oh yeah no that's yeah it, but like but it took this long and then in the process you lose visceral that's the thing like, it's like two out of three games being shit well not shit but just like subpar at best yeah like, and it's is not acceptable for star wars in my opinion and then yeah like you they just like shuttered visceral entirely like what yeah so poor amy hennig AT&T, so there were rumors before, like, uh, if you didn't know, just, I'll get into it real fast, but Ethan Van Scavery is a DC Comics artist, or well-known DC Comics artist that, uh, if you read, read comics in DC, you know him, maybe, but uh, he's, I think, since not really worked on shit, but he's been, like, leaking things and coming out with, like, here's this crazy thing that might happen, which one is that AT&T might basically shutter DC Comics, uh, in just general, and basically Ooh, either license shit. off license off all the comics uh to like marvel or something or or just basically keep all the characters to media like movies and tv and shit and books i guess like novels or whatever ah man Uh, i'm not too sure i like that i mean why would you like that that why would why would anyone want dc comics to end like that sounds atrocious yeah no i have a tendency of like understating things for comedic effect i guess but that's not even funny it's just like that would be really sad and like an end of an era to see w- like uh, DC Comics just like closed. Just yeah, cause, and it's like oh, we got to save some money. Yeah, so w- I don't know fuck, if like, this will happen for history. sure. Exactly. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'll happen for sure. Um, this is just like a thing that it was like uh, some people kind of freaked out about, and then I've talked to other people about it, and they just kind of laughed and said that's stupid. And but like uh, I guess like the stuff they talked about, where it's like yeah, DC's next sort of like soft reboot thing that they want to do uh, would have a new generation of like characters kind of taking on the main mantles, and they did that for Marvel, where they're like, look, it's new and diverse, blah blah. blah. And it was everyone was like, this is trash. Why would you do this? And then it didn't work out well, and then they changed it all back. And they're like, let's do it again for DC. And it's just like, no, <laughs> you fucking, why do you think this would work if it didn't work for Marvel? And no one wants that. They just want new, diverse, original characters. Stop being lazy and just throwing them on already known characters, you idiots. Like, come on, why is that so hard? Christ. But yeah, so it's like, I don't know. Uh, they, they, there's, there's this whole thing for DC Comics. I don't know if it'll happen. It's just rumor. But now we got the games apparently potentially going first and so what this report here so this is from uh in a report so this is from an ign article by matt kim in a report from cnbc uh telecom company at&t which purchased warner media in 2018 is looking to divest some assets to help pay off 200 billion dollars in debt 
This includes WB Interactive, which has already picked up, uh, I includes WB Interactive, I realized how fast I said that, which has already picked up interest from some of the game industry's largest companies, uh, like Take-Two, EA, and Activision Blizzard. Though sources say a deal is neither in place nor imminent, uh, so we don't know if this will actually happen. Uh, any company that does purchase WB Interactive will not gain the rights to IP like Harry, uh, like Batman or Harry Potter, which is owned by Warner Brothers. Instead, any deal will likely include a commercial licensing agreement where AT&T can continue to get revenue from its IP. Uh, so, you know, Batman, Harry Potter, Mortal Kombat, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's It's very... It's honestly a scary proposition because it's like, oh, you know, maybe the third parties can get them more. Even like Sony or Microsoft want to pick them up. I don't think Nintendo would. That'd be weird because I, they wouldn't fit really well with Nintendo, I don't think, personally. But it's just crazy to see that they would just kind of destroy something that big, especially just because it's like, is it. Would Batman games owned by a company not make that much money? Though I do get. I guess, like, Disney probably saved money in the long run by taking away LucasArts to do, like, stuff with EA, but also now they're licensing out Marvel games like Hotcakes, and it's like Spider-Man is, I guess, a sign of success, which I guess you could also say for, I don't know if the Telltale Guardians game was good, and then you got, like, Marvel, um, what was that Switch game, James, that came out, number three? Something. Oh, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3? Yeah, that's... It was pretty one. good. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, so, like, they've done well, but it's still just, like, the idea of those studios being taken away and just kind of sent to the four corners and potentially not even working on the big licenses they've done before. Though I don't see why, if you wanted to purchase that studio and you didn't get the, like, basically uh, pay for the use of the license for those specific properties. I would see what the point would be at the same time, uh, just because you'd kind of want both. At, like, How sad would it be if, if you just like, if we'd never got that, whatever the new Batman game that they've, they've been teasing is. Oh, the potential court of owls game. Yeah. yeah, I don't exactly. And that was from what WB Montreal too. Yeah. It was like WB Montreal's game, rock studies, mystery DC game. And so you have both of those. And then we just got mortal Kombat like new dlc for 11 from uh yeah nether realm which Dude. i still have to play yeah. that and the like last mortal kombat's Kombat. doing really good recently like yeah I, and injustice as well has been a success and play them for the story because like the story actually seems insane yeah honestly and now you got robocop the cop that cannot be stopped yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but like i just i don't know i, I don't like this idea but i also I'm more and more being very, very uh, disgruntled by AT&T. Uh, I'm glad I don't have their phone carrier at the very least, but I'm just like, don't, don't do DC dirty. Don't, don't fuck with our, don't fuck with our games and comics. Like, don't do that bullshit. It's just, it's just like, come on. I, I don't need that shit happening. Um, I guess if they did though, I, I would say. Please don't let EA buy them, because oh I don't need yeah. EA to buy them and then end them and be like, oh, we're closing the studio after five years. You know, they're just really, uh, it just wasn't working out, and we, we would rather see this shuttered and everyone out of jobs, because uh, that's really, it works great for us in the past. I was literally and, reminiscing with Chris the other day how bullshit it is that Visceral Games had Amy Hennig 
writing and leading, I think, a single-player story-driven Star Wars game, and then they canceled it and closed Visceral Games because they told Amy Hennig that they that that wasn't what they were interested in, and then like two Jedi years, Fallen Order came. Out. Yeah, two years later, <laughs> yeah. Jedi Fallen Order comes out. And it's exactly that, and she's like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, it's, whatever. Yeah, that's why I'm just like, don't don't let EA buy more studios. That's it's like if they can't handle the ones they already got, why the hell should you give them more? It's it's just not it's not the smartest thing. Uh, maybe I don't know. Take two and Activision Blizzard. Still, I don't even. I don't know. I just just leave them alone. AT and T. Leave them alone, please. Thank you. All right. So that's it for the last minute news we had. Um, James, do you want to get to? So we got uh, the IGN Expo news. I think we have time for that. And then, did you want to take a take our first break? Uh. Yeah, I think we could probably get done with the IGN news because I think my dad just told me we have like a like half hour before the food's ready to be picked up. So I got a little bit, a little bit of time. All right. So we'll get in there uh, with some IGN Expo news. So uh, there's been three days of what is IGN's kind of like summer gaming expo. And it's kind of, it's pretty much similar to Jeff Keighley's uh, Summer Games Fest. And... They're pretty similar. Uh, the first three days here, because it's like certain parts of certain weeks, it's not going to be like every day or anything like that, but they basically did the first three days uh, today and basically Wednesday through today. And then they're going to do a Gorilla Games Collective, which will have a lot of indie games, which we'll probably talk about in episode 51, because uh, that's going to be over the weekend, actually, starting tomorrow, I believe. But uh, we, I went through and looked at the three days worth of games that they've revealed. It was either like kind of first world premiere trailers of these games or just new gameplay trailers or, you know, gameplay reveals, things like that. Just like all different assortments of things. And I just kind of went through and looked at the ones that caught my eye, which honestly weren't too many, just because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different games. uh, And I honestly tend to stick personally with a lot of the bigger AAA. Uh, Most of these were not in that camp for the most part, but there were some that I did really like, or at least were interested in. When I say some, I mean like two. Uh, yeah, and same. F- the majority of them were that I saw, I was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, and it's like nothing bad against them. It's just, you know, I don't like every single game that's out. So yeah. uh, I'll go through starting with uh, Chivalry 2 uh, was announced uh, for console uh, before, I guess, it was just coming to PC. And James, did you ever play Chivalry? Nah. On PC? Okay, so it's a it was on Steam. I honestly bought it, but I never got a chance to really play it. I used to watch all the trailers and kind of some gameplay for it. It looked really, really awesome. It was like first person uh medieval combat, basically. And it was just like full multiplayer and it was before For Honor and it just looked ridiculously fun because it's just a lot loose looser looking and it's just like go in there, a bunch of people can jump in and you're just fighting like, it's just two teams of people killing each other with swords, and I'm just like, oh, what's not to love? Uh, so, Chivalry 2 is going to be cross-play between PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series X on launch, apparently. Interesting. Uh, so, that's really cool. And uh, it's going to have everything from castle siege uh, modes, I guess, where it's, you know, one side sieging a castle and the other side's defending. Uh, village torching. 
So I guess you just run, literally it shows people with torches running at the village like, we're going to light it on fire, fuck it. Uh, and okay. <laughs> it basically massive 64 player battles. So imagine you're on a side of 32 dudes and you look at the other side and there's 32 other dudes and you're like, charge, go get them boys. And it's just like <laughs> a bunch of evil dudes just killing each other. I love it. And there's like, so I think it showed someone with like a blister or a scorpion and they just fire like the massive arrow and some dude just gets impaled and at one point i think i see someone threw a pitchfork in another <laughs> dude's face it was it reminded me of anchorman when that dude gets stabbed with like a trident or uh, something yeah. and I, I started dying i was like this is fantastic but uh i, I do really want to event i'm i honestly mailed together missed the first game even though i got it it's just like no time but I really do want to look into this second one because if it's cross-platform too, I don't even have to care what I get it on. I could either might get it on PS5, I might get it on uh, PC. I'm not even sure, but I it, I want to have some chaotic fun, just f- fucking attacking a castle. It just it just sounds like fun, honestly. Just multiplayer craziness with swords. I I just am excited for that, honestly. And uh, after that was werewolf the apocalypse so apparently this is an rpg coming out that's going to be based on a uh uh i guess a tabletop game originally kind of like cyberpunk i guess huh yeah interesting so it's like werewolf the apocalypse earthblood and i'll just read some stuff so this is from their website gaia mother earth is dying Ravaged by mankind's endless hunger, she is losing the struggle against the worm, a cosmic force of decay and destruction. Made a man- and worm-like, I guess, like a W-Y-R-M, so like dragonish yeah. worm, I guess. Uh, made manifest in the corporate uh, corporation Endron, the servants of the worm stand poised to feast on the corpse of nature herself. The worm is a corrupting entity. Is uh, the worm a corrupting entity? Is winning the war against Gaia, Mother Earth, Pentex, a multinational corporation is, that serves the worm, is controlling the world through its subsidiaries. It's exactly the same thing they just said, but just in different words. Okay. Uh, a quest for redemption. A former protector of Gaia, born under a full moon, and proud werewolf warrior of the Fiana tribe. Uh, however, after losing control of his devastating rage, Kahal chose a life of exile. Years later, while searching for his missing daughter, Cahal discovers that his old pack is in danger and he must come to its aid. And it says, one hero, three forms, human, interactions and dialogue, wolf, sneaking and exploration, werewolf, combat, and carnage. So, it looks like, uh, it's gonna, so it's an RPG, so it looks like it's gonna be fully, like, just action, uh, with you know, full dialogue options like any other game, but uh, the different form you take will give you different forms of gameplay, which honestly sounds kind of cool. And that's what maybe, like, first they just kind of showed a cinematic trailer, which I think it was just the first reveal of this uh, game. And I wasn't really expecting this, and it looked interesting, but it also, I was very confused, because I'm like, is this werewolf shit? And it's just like uh, like a construction warehouse looking area uh that it did look corporate and i was like what the fuck's going on right now but i it with what i've read now here on their actual website it, it sounds pretty interesting yeah that's way more complicated than i thought it was going to be from the trailer 
Like I was yeah, really so confused I'm... by the trailer because like the wolves were running through what looked like an area where time was stopped and shit. Yes. Like that was I, I was so I was really confused, but I am very interested in that description that you just read because that sounds way more like d- like they did some deep backstory lore or whatever that I was not expecting them to do. Well, I mean, if it's based on a tabletop game, I think it just kind of continues off that. Just kind of, I guess, that like twenty Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, continues off of Cyberpunk twenty twenty. Uh, so, yeah, it just I'm curious to see more. This is like one of those random kind of in the back of the in the back of the crowd games that caught my eye, and I'm like, you, you there, son, come up, mm-hmm. and I want to see you. And yeah, I just I'm curious. I want to I want to see more of this. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on it. Uh, just because it interests me, like uh, was it uh, Vampire interested me that Don't Nod game, which I actually oh, yeah, ended yeah. up not playing it, unfortunately. But it is on Game Pass still, I think, or at least I hope. So eventually, when I get time, I want to play it. The only reason I didn't was uh, it was one of those games that I wasn't gonna kind of stop everything I was doing in my backlog to play every new game that came out. And I had heard, like, it was cool in terms of narrative, but some of the gameplay was kind of, at the time, I don't know if it was buggy or it just wasn't working well. So maybe jumping in now might be improved or something. I'm not too sure. But when I eventually play it, I'll kind of see. But the whole kind of, like, those weird, more unique vampire werewolf games, or, like, just in general, vampires and werewolves, when there's, like, more of a, I don't know, a take that's not too crazy out of like kind of fully themselves where it's just like oh this is an interesting period piece or something like those honestly are usually pretty interesting and uh i i really kind of like finding those gems when they're when they come unearthed but uh james was there was there anything from the ign expo that you found interesting not particularly it it really was just like that one werewolf game that i thought was cool because mostly just the trailer like I, it was very yeah. visually interesting, which it just—I think it's really the fact that the wolves were running through time stop thing that I was just like, "What is even happening?" Like I just wanted to know. Yeah. More, I guess. Yeah, if you haven't checked out uh, checked out the trailer, uh, definitely look at it. Werewolf the Apocalypse. Uh, it's very. It is. It's really weird. Like if I didn't also read from the website i probably might not have cared as much but now kind of looking at exactly how it would work i am more intrigued uh to say the least but yeah so that's uh pretty much it for the edgy expo news i wasn't honestly sure if we would be talking a lot of it or a little bit depending on what the games were revealed as and uh, it was it wasn't underwhelming per se just like we knew that a lot of the bigger titles would come in the bigger uh expos like each big publisher's own specific expo whether it's sony ubisoft or ea right now uh, or like they're coming ones currently and microsoft's in july i believe so like that's kind of when i knew those would come or like honestly right now it just seems like when jeff Keeley says hey big game reveal that's when you know oh shit big game reveal like so far we got tony hawk and then we saw unreal engine 5 and stuff so it's been like so yeah. far uh that's where we've gone for the bigger stuff yeah that's it doesn't uh, but mess honestly around. like yeah but you know gorilla games collective will come out uh tomorrow throughout the weekend that's gonna be fun to talk about just kind of seeing indies just because i think some of them will be devolver published games which you know how fun the devolver games are when we get to see those 
since especially there's no Devolver E3 showcase this year, which I fucking love those showcases. They're just the best. Yeah, they're super funny. And we're back after a short break. Uh, well, not short. We actually were probably gone for, what, uh, an hour and 45 minutes about, I'd say. Just, uh, just you know, about. We had to get some, get some food to re-energize and get back in there. But here we are again, and we're going to continue where we left off. So we still have, uh, before we get to what we've been uh, playing and watching, we have some of our bigger stuff. So Destiny's live stream and the PlayStation 5 game reveal. So we'll start with Destiny and everything coming. So James, uh, did you get to watch the full live stream? I did, dude. Like I, What's weird is before I got to watch the live stream, all I got to see was the the trailer for like i think it was for the next expansion so i was like oh wow that's cool i didn't realize that there was like so much more that they revealed in this stream dude they were talking about shit up to 2022 yeah so i I, whole fuck (laughs) i got it all listed for us to run through so first we got that trailer which, uh, before they teased part of it was, like, Eris Morn climbing up a snowy mountain, and then we had Drifter's, uh, smaller ship pretty much heading somewhat, pretty much to the same location, and everyone was guessing it was Europa, and everyone was correct. Yeah. And we got, uh, those two meeting together, which they were very much like, are they about to shoot each other? (laughs) Um, or he, uh, Drifter was like pulling out his gun and then Eris, I think was going to use something, but then, uh, or I guess they weren't really pointing at each other. It was more so the third, uh, character that came to them. So Eris kept looking at some like energy that was coming out of her hand. And that struck me as like, if you notice on the ground, like weird patterns start to show up in the snow. So, I'm thinking that whatever, like, hive shadow magic that she knows at this point was resonating with whatever is on Europa. Because I don't know if you're aware of, like, what that, like, weird lines in the snow slash same thing can happen with sand. Generally, that kind of shit happens when you put, like, a particle-like thing, like like sand or snow on, like, a plate and you vibrate it at a certain frequency it makes like weird patterns so something seems to be resonating something in eris seems to be resonating with something in the planet oh gotcha okay yeah so i think that well i mean not i think but it was so what it shows is what am i saying i think uh i mean actually no i do think um she probably has the darkness subclass maybe since she doesn't have a ghost anymore That'd be interesting. Uh, She doesn't have that power of the light. But potentially, I guess, she could get the power of the darkness. I don't know if you need a ghost necessarily for it. I mean, the Fallen want it, which we're about to get into. But so here's the thing. We get our third character that shows up. They're speeding on their sparrow. And it's none other than the the, the oldest character we haven't seen so far. So I know we haven't seen Varix in forever. We're still waiting on like Mithrax and stuff. Uh, we're still waiting on Aldrin Sov, but the one we've been waiting for much longer than that, that we've Dude, seen I before. Honestly, I was... did not think we would see the stranger again. Exactly. The excess stranger is back, which uh, reportedly, of course, if you watch Bife's videos, could be Elsie Bray, uh, Anna Bray's sister, I believe. 
Uh, that was one of the yeah, that was one of the potentials. So Exo Stranger is here, and she basically is like, "Hey, I brought you guys here for a reason." Then it ends, and you're like, "Oh shit!" But pretty much like uh, Beyond Light is bringing. So this is the next fall expansion. Uh, same as Forsaken, same as Shadowkeep, but it seems like it's actually a little bit bigger. Uh, so it's going to be giving us the newest subclass we've gotten since uh, Taken King. Uh, if you remember, Taken King gave us, um, back in Destiny 1, gave the third subclass. Like, um, Titans didn't have Solar, uh, Warlocks didn't have Arc, and Hunters didn't have Void. And they each got those subclasses in Taken King. And afterwards, we didn't really get anything new until, like, uh, the start of Destiny 2, which we just got new branches, really. We didn't get uh, necessarily all new full classes or anything. They kind of just changed a couple of them. But now we're getting an all-new element, which is the first time, really, that's really happened. And it's the darkness. And Specifically, that... they called it stasis, though. I thought they called well, it... I mean, the... it is it is darkness-related, but the, the damage type... They're specifically calling stasis. Oh, which is I a it, they said darkness. It so it is. It's like they did say that we get to wield the darkness, but now you know how like the only damage types in the game have been kinetic, solar, void, and arc. Now they're adding another one, which is stasis. Oh, okay. That makes. Okay, I just don't gotcha, know gotcha. how that's gonna like play into the combat or anything. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Honestly, I. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited for this. This is this is something pretty fresh. I think that's gonna be really cool. Dude, and Chris got so excited when he saw that because he was watching the stream with me, and like literally since almost the beginning of Destiny One, he was like, "Man, wouldn't it be really cool if there were like Dark Guardians or something?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if that'll ever happen because the darkness is I don't know. It seems like it's the ultimate enemy." I just really don't think the darkness is really as compatible with the guardians in this day and age. But well, yeah, and then it's like <laughs> over time, it's like they've introduced characters like Eris Morn and the Drifter and the shit, uh, the, uh, the 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 Nine that are yeah. all just like maybe the darkness and the light aren't quite so different. Exactly, and. Uh, so the cool thing here too is we're getting this class and we're finally getting a continuation of the fallen, like, it seems like the fallen civil yeah. war potentially. So the, the enemy in this one is Aramis, which, uh, honestly, like I said, guys, just go watch my videos about the fallen. His stuff pretty much catches you up. If I remember correctly, he had talked about like potentially like five fallen houses now, um, Dude, which it really de- does seem like so it might bad. narrow Huh? I want to see Varix again so bad. Oh, I know, yeah. And I, I'm really curious to see which Fallen Houses we do see in this one, because uh, at this point, like, th- there was, like, the whole thing where it's like, yeah, Aramis is taking parts of the House of Dusk, I guess, and bringing back the House of Devils. She wants to bring back, like, the Pirate Fallen style and just kind of get them going again to their former glory, if not surpass it. And you have Mithrax, who is that fallen captain from Titan that you find in those uh, adventures that you go through, the campaign adventures. Or it was campaign missions, I forget. I think it was the campaign missions. It was one or the other. Uh, Is he the one that started the the, uh, house that follows the the light or something? Yeah, the house of light. So you have him. So he's like pretty much the one who basically said, I'm aligning with the Guardians. And he even has... He basically is part of a fire team with a warlock and a 
uh, hunter at one point. Like he literally becomes a fire team with them. Uh, and then he cool. goes, I'm going to become a Kel. <laughs> and <laughs> so you have him and then you have Varix, who, if you didn't know, was the one that staged everything that happened in Forsaken. He was pretty much the other big mastermind besides Savathun, who, like, you know, uh, Savathun got Riven, and then Riven tricked Aldrin, and then Aldrin killed Cade, and then all this shit. And, like, Aldrin is basically being used as a puppet by Riven, by Savathun, uh, who is Oryx's witch queen sister, which we'll get to in a second, too, because that's another big thing. Uh, but, uh, Varix was the one that staged the jailbreak, uh, that let everyone out. That makes a lot of sense. And he used to run the, the, uh, yeah. So he, he let everyone out and just said, fuck it. He, he's like, I want the Alinsky, AKA the fallen to kind of get back into their former glory of being Alinsky. And so he has a different take that seems like, I mean, he's more neutral. Like, you don't know if he's going to help with, he's going to side with the Guardians. He's going to go against them. Will he be a new enemy? Will he be an ally? But one crazy thing is, I mean, like, uh, you know, he's docked. He only has, like, two arms, if I remember correctly. Maybe four. Yeah. Because uh, he wasn't, uh, I think he, he had, like, like the two lore. organic ones and two metal ones. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he took pretty much majority of the ether supply from the prison of elders and apparently he basically consumed it all i forget where i heard that i think that was from bife as well but he consumed it all so when next you see varix he's gonna be like skull sized dude interesting yeah he's i know that the, the hive not the hive um the fallen do have the ability to like regrow their arms if they're given the it's chance. just if, yeah, but if the other Fallen don't get let them, yeah, then yeah. they go through that whole thing. So that's uh, crazy. Yeah, so we have him, and it's basically the House of Judgment, of course. And then that just leaves um, the House of Dusk, which is, of course, the purple ones we've seen since the start of Destiny 2. And it just seems like they're going to end. Like, it doesn't seem like they're going to last longer. And then there might have been a fifth house. I just can't remember what they were. It might not be important anymore. I honestly just can't remember. So... Aramis, though, will be the main antagonist, it seems, for Beyond Light, because the whole uh, point of this is you're racing the Fallen to get, it seems like, the darkness power that's on Europa. And yeah. it's going to be a fight for darkness, which is kind of crazy. So it's like, you know, uh, you have the Fallen who've been uh, left, away, left, left behind by the light, and they want to have revenge, I guess, now. So they're like, we want the darkness so we can wield it and basically get the vengeance we seek whereas you have guardians that are like we want to fight the darkness but we need more power so we're going to use the darkness <laughs> so it's it's basically that full fight and it, obviously we're going to get another raid which is going to be so the raid apparently is going to take place in the uh this the deep stone crypt where the exos were made oh that's how i know that name yeah so that's where gonna the raid is going to be which is going to be crazy uh, you get to finally get like the origin location of the, the Exos, which is honestly awesome. Don't forget the Exos are basically former people that were just turned into robots that are still technically people. Um, yeah. However that works. And uh, you get that. Um, obviously, this is a point where now the darkness is in the solar system since the new season has the darkness in the solar system already. Uh, it's going to be really cool. And I'm honestly excited for this. It's going to be so awesome. 
I, I just I can't I can't wait. Well, I, I can wait because I have backlog. But yeah, I also we'll can't probably wait. get into it a little bit later on in this Destiny segment. But like, I'm super into the new season now, partially because I have time, but also partially because like the darkness is finally here, and so yeah. the story is like getting to the part where I wanted it to be for like the longest time. And they also confirmed that Sabathun is coming. Yeah, which uh, brings us to the next. So they didn't just go ahead, because the whole thing, you're thinking, oh, we're just going to see season 12, which is Beyond Light, and season 11, which is the one we're just starting now this week. And then, they, and then uh, you know, Beyond Light comes fall 2020, which in September, I believe, September 22nd. Uh, I don't think you can pre-order it yet on the consoles, but it is coming soon. I think you could pre-order it on Bungie's store so far. I'm not sure anywhere else yet. Anyway... They go, but wait, here's what big, basically what the big next fall expansions are for the next two years as well. So they say yeah. fall 2021 is the Witch Queen, which um, I, I've actually, I was talking to one of my clanmates about it and uh, they were like, oh, it could be Marisav. And I was like, nah, bro, that's a, uh, if you look at the symbol, that is the symbol of Savathun. Yeah. Uh, which the Witch Queen's been... sister of Oryx. Yeah. They've been teasing her out literally since vanilla destiny 2 yeah like literally since the beginning like on titan is where you first start seeing yeah uh, hints of her and then even more so in forsaken because you learn she's the one behind uh the taken corruption in the dreaming city yeah she's basically the instigator for the last wish raid yeah and she's the reason why there's now no more ahamkara left and it's just a taken ahamkara that's in loop mode <laughs> yeah and so she will be the big bad of fall 2021. So we now it's so bad news is like, you know, you've been wanting to see her forever now, like finally get this character and it won't be honestly for over a year. But the plus side is we know now when we're going to get the full on Sabathine. We're probably going to get more of her throughout like the next year or so, but just like, you know, more overarching stuff. Also, for those that didn't know, she was also behind Crown of Sorrows as well that whole raid with that cabal that's oh, yeah, like yeah, hive yeah. infused that was also savathun so she's honestly besides the darkness she is the longest like because the difference between her and oryx is oryx is like you know taken king i just go and fucking conquer everything savathun's the more cunning intrigue uh stealthy one that does all the shit behind the scenes and we really get to see that now in 2021 which is going to be really awesome to finally get her which means of course even deeper deeper down the line since now it's uh they're pretty much confirming it seems like they're they want this to be perpetual like world of warcraft almost so we're probably not going to get a destiny 3 at least not for a long time uh if they ever did one but i don't yeah. see it happening at I all i believe luke smith even said during this live stream that they they don't want to have to just like make a destiny 3 because it would like also they, take everyone away from everything they've earned. Yeah. Basically. Like, they they just don't want to have to restart all over again. Just yeah. Just to keep adding new content. Which, we'll get to, like, adding new content or old content in a second. But, uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's honestly cool. Because that means also, down, I'm assuming down the line, too, we'll get the third sister, who's uh, Sivu Arath, who is, like, the more warlike one that's, like, straight up just, like, That'd be super the bronze cool. of the the, th the trio. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited to see what happens with that. 
And then they didn't stop there, of course. They said 2022. So we got fall 2022 uh, reveal as well, which is light fall. And you do see the Traveler, I believe, in the background with a darkness ship above it, which shows how long this fight will ensue between the darkness presence. It's not leaving the solar system, or at least, like, we might get different waves of the darkness coming into the solar system. So That's crazy. Cause, like, exactly. I, didn't even, I didn't even notice the art style or the artwork or whatever. I just saw the name Lightfall and was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's pretty much, I it seems know. like, they. it seems like that will be the culmination of everything, at least in terms of this era of destiny. And this will be, I don't think it ends after that, but I think that's where it's going to be like, this is the big, like, big old fight everything's been leading up to where it's the darkness and the traveler just going head on, which means from now till then will be an entire thing of build up season by season, which is honestly insane. And I think we're still going to get these key fights with the darkness, but we're not going to get the big, big fight with the darkness yet. Not for a long time, not for two years or over two years which is i'm not complaining at all i'm just like this is cool because it's like yeah you don't get that key fight just yet but that means there's so much coming and don't forget to like they're still doing like three other seasons in between each of these big ones so that means between all of those there's still three seasons in between each one with more shit going on who knows what the hell is it gonna be and like it's just gonna be like I don't know. It's going to be like insane. What else we're going to get? Yeah. I'm just so excited for the like near future of destiny. Cause like there's so much coming and I like to see that they actually have a plan for literally years yeah. at this point. And we also have, so that, that was like the main reveals in terms of like what's coming ahead. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about, all the other features about everything going on. So we have uh, vaulted activities, uh, planets, uh, or basically activities and planets being vaulted, and gear being retired, and things returning as well. Or like uh, the returning constant power limits, depending on what uh, gear and weapons there are, uh, because not everything will leave, but a lot will be leaving. So... I've actually, it took me a while to kind of grasp the exact, like, I was looking for the most precise information I could find, which it was actually hard to find on certain websites, just because I couldn't find them right on, like, the surface. So, luckily, I'm in a freaking massive clan, uh, and it's uh, GG Get Glimmer, if you wanted to know. Because they do, they do like to do recruitment upvotes, so you always gotta do those upvotes to get people to see everything. And I'm I'm a very minor person, like on the I don't really interact much with the full clan. Honestly, there's a sub portion of the clan that I like to talk to a lot, and I was talking to them about it, um, and they were the ones that were kind of helping me get all the information I needed to talk about now, which I do want to thank them for. But I don't know if they want me to say their names, so I won't, even though it's like basically their PSN names. Uh, so. <laughs> What I found out, though, was everything that is pretty much, uh, I believe, season of the dawn and post will be resed up in light. So if it's Shadowkeep and below, uh, all the weapons and gear are going to be retired. So what that means is like you, you can't really earn them anymore, depending on the location, just because... Uh, part this, uh, I guess, where should I start with this? I'll start with, you know what, fuck it. I'll start with the planets and activities, because that's easier. So, 
when season 12 happens, which is uh, Beyond Light this fall, majority of the year one planets will be gone. They won't be accessible anymore. That specifically will be uh, Titan, Io, Mercury, and Mars, and the Leviathan. So all of those will be pretty much gone. Whoa, not yeah. even the Leviathan, like the raids? So Leviathan, which includes, so these include all activities within them. So basically, uh, huh. you're not, so with like Titan and Io leave like um, all the quests, whatever with them. With Mercury, you lose the infinite forest. With Mars, you're losing escalation protocol. So those will be gone. With Leviathan, you're losing those the Leviathan raid, the raid layer. Uh, so both raid layers from year one, and that's basically all of year one. You're also losing the opulence uh, stuff, which is the menagerie, the tribute hall, and crown of sorrows. So all of those will be gone. Damn. Um, for Earth, I think I could be wrong, just because it didn't show Earth on the list. I want to say. Maybe EDZ is going to be gone and replaced with the Cosmodrome, but also I believe Scourge of the Past will be gone, and I'm I'm, I'm guessing that includes Black Armory, so or like Forges basically. So those activities will be gone as well. I'm assuming. I'm not. I, don't quote me on that. I'm just at least specifically for Earth. It's kind of like I can't. I don't know for sure. I didn't delve that into it to kind of find out. But I'm assuming we'll get Cosmodrome. We'll lose EDZ. European Dunzones gone. Uh, Scourge of the Past raid gone. Because uh, there's only two raids staying. And we'll get uh, Cosmodrome, which I'll explain in a bit. Uh, but so we're losing all those activities. Uh, we're keeping, I believe. Shit, did they say when they might do this? Yeah, I just said season. When Beyond Light happens, these disappear. Oh. So this is the. If you want. Shit, I gotta get on that then. Yeah, that's what I keep telling you. Uh, if you wanna get everything that you wanna get now. You have until this this season is the last season you can do that until uh, they bring them like, back again. So they're the, putting at the very least. I just want to try the raids that I haven't gotten to. I don't really care to get all the gear in the game. Yeah, a lot of them are honestly pretty easy. I just actually personally I haven't even done the last two. I haven't done Crown of Sorrows or um, Garden of Salvation yet myself, just because I always am like, oh, those will be the last things I do is raids after everything else, and then I take a break, and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot, and then it's like every season. But, uh, so yeah, get those, get everything you need from those places if you want them now, but also keep in mind, I'm actually about to do a full cleanup of my vault, pretty much getting rid of a lot of shit, because now it's not useful to me anymore, because now when you go on, so I, I got through the planets and the activities being retired, here's gear and, uh, well actually I do want to say, just reminding you again, I did say I believe it seems like your Nessus is staying. I don't exactly know why, but Nessus is Sting, I think. I could be wrong, but I think it's Sting. Um, Tangled Shore and Dreaming City are Sting, and of course the Moon is Sting. So we'll still have those. I don't. I think all the activities might still remain, but the gear won't be as useful anymore. So all gear and so weapons and armor that are from Shadowkeep and before Shadowkeep. So that's season... Shadowkeep was what, season 9? Let's see, we're, we're on season 11 right now, and then 10, 9, 8. So I guess it was season 8. Season 8 and before are all going to be retired in terms of light level. 
So their caps are now 1060, which is the current cap now. That is the current hard cap for weapons. And let's say uh, you try to infuse it, it won't go past 1060. So when the light level increases with the next season, those weapons will no longer be useful for you in endgame stuff. Endgame and like anything that light level matters in, basically. You can still use them, they just won't be useful in terms of that anymore which for me like it's just like all right that means it's time to get rid of them they can come back later more powerful maybe but the only gear that will be useful so like i said if you uh so with shadow keep came season of the undying everything that came out then and before is now gonna be kind of obsolete after the season and then every season that comes out the old, the next oldest season will then become obsolete. So if you look at the different power limits, so like if you go to the next season, which is season of the dawn, uh, that's the one where it's like Saint Fourteen came out and everything else. There's a higher light level power cap on that one for light level we can't get right now. So that's like the light level cap for the next season. And then if you go to season of the worthy, which was the season we just finished, there's an even higher cap, which is basically the light level, I guess for two seasons from now or whatever. And then if you go to today's uh, new stuff, there's one that's even further. Uh, so basically, let's say the season after um, Beyond Light, uh, that season, the season of the dawn, uh, which is season 10 stuff, will basically be obsolete too. So as each season comes out, the next oldest one becomes obsolete and you just kind of get rid of that one, basically. Does that make sense? I don't know if yeah. I just confuse people with that. Okay. No, I, I think it makes sense that, like, they're basically establishing a cutoff period now for, like... I guess it's kind of like how old iPhones stop getting updated after, like, a certain generation. Yeah. And then, like, when the next phone comes out, like, that last oldest one is now obsolete or whatever. Yeah, like, if you got an iPhone now, I think, like, the ones that are kind of obsolete now are, like, the 6 and below or something. I forget. Yeah. I think, like, sevens might still be good, maybe? I don't know. Uh, So so there's that, and then there's specific gear and weapons from specific activities that carry over. So there's two, only two, and these are the two raids that are staying. The Last Wish and Garden of Salvation, which are basically the big uh, Forsaken raid and the big Shadowkeep raid. So those two specific raids, all of the weapons and armor from that one will still have a higher light level. So that'll persist past these seasons. I'm not sure for how long, but those ones will still be the two raids you can do and all the gear that will be still be useful. So if you're going to keep, I guess, uh, from what I've heard, if you're going to keep anything from pre- previous seasons uh, before, uh, from Shadowkeep and before, keep just those two specific sets of uh, collections because uh, those will still be useful to you. Mm. Yeah. That was a that was a big wake up call because also it's it it does put into perspective for me like is it worth it then to try to collect as much as I can for stuff that won't be useful in a second? It, it's like yes, yeah, so I'm trying to I'm I'm contemplating that right now. At this moment, I'm still going for things at least like uh, at least for uh, lore. I'm trying to go for stuff, but it just we'll, we'll see because. Uh, I'll get to where I'm at right now, but I want to keep going real fast. So 
uh, with them vaulting this stuff, so they're basically saying they're putting it into a vault. Kind of think of Disney Vault when they sell out of a movie, they put it into the vault, and they come back with it like 10 years later or something, and they go, look, it's out again. Here, the price is $10 more than before. And <laughs> you have to pay more again for the fucking movie. But uh, returning in season uh, 12 during Beyond Light, besides Europa, we're getting the Cosmodrome, which is the original Earth location in from Destiny 1. And they basically said, like, we don't want to do a Destiny 3. Yeah, because they don't want to lose all the shit from Destiny 2. And vaulting isn't necessarily losing it. Like, they can bring it back, which means also, like, they're going to bring everything from Destiny 1 into Destiny 2, which is really cool. I don't... It's going to take a long time for it all to eventually get in there, but it also... That means, like, they're bringing old stuff and new stuff simultaneously. So with Beyond Light, we're getting the new raid in... We're getting basically two raids, potentially, and two locations. We're getting Europa, and we're getting the old one, which is Cosmodrome. We're getting the new one, which is going to be uh, the um, Deep Stone Crypt. And then we're going to get this, uh, the, or that was the new one. The old one's going to be uh, Vault of Glass, which is supposed to come at a later date. Dude, I've I wanted that to come back for so long, because that's literally still one of the most fun raids I ever played. Exactly. And uh, it's I don't know exactly when. They said a later date. I don't know if that means it's going to be in that season or not, but it's still like, you know, that's something to look forward to. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that means, though, we're going to get all the old Destiny 1 stuff eventually, but all the Destiny 2 stuff being retired for now is going to be brought back later, probably just updated maybe, and like all the stuff will be, you know, just kind of revamped a little bit or just brought back fresh. Like you just, it's been a while and you're like, oh, cool, I can get this again or whatever. It, it, it does keep things fresh and it doesn't, it doesn't over encumber you with too much. Like as someone that has like an OCD for collecting shit in Destiny like me, where it's basically the only game that has a backlog besides all the backlog of actual games that I have, is still insane and having that divine intervention of Bungie going we're just taking this away and you can't earn it now makes me go that kind of sucks for the collector in me but I'm also quite thankful because that makes my life a lot easier because I don't have to grind and kind of kill myself over it but it also gives me time to play other games and kind of keep going down that like mount going yeah. up that mountain of other games I want to try to get through to catch up with everything still and that I really do appreciate, honestly. Looking into it now, I'm fully on board with it. Like, it, just do all this. It makes my life easier, and it makes things feel less daunting when you look at this game. It's all. It also makes things, for newer players, it looks less daunting as well. It just, you're, See, you're not looking, being overwhelmed by a shit ton of stuff. That's who I'm actually wondering about, though. Like, if, if they're going to straight up, like, rip out some of the, at least for now, some of the uh, planets like Io like that are literally part of the vanilla campaign like can you go back and play destiny like the uh, the vanilla campaign anymore i don't so i don't think so honestly i don't know but i also Weird. i want to say no because i think what's going to happen is yeah it's I, I i honestly that 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 when it gets into the new light shit since i never did new light stuff i have no idea how the fuck that works I, it's too confusing for me I, I, I don't think about it, and I don't want to think about it. You should, uh, yeah. I would say, look up someone on, on YouTube that does, like, all that kind of stuff to find out from them. But that's that's out of my uh, jurisdiction. I'm not sure. So, like, the only thing that makes me, l I guess, less frustrated about maybe losing some stuff that I still would like to play uh, that I just, like, never got around to 
is that they one of their reasons for doing this is that like literally the file size for destiny 2 has gotten like over 100 gigs at this point yeah and they said that it's literally getting close to the point where they're gonna have trouble even patching the game because of i guess there are certain restrictions that sony and microsoft and other platforms have for how large your file size has to be i don't know yeah, I it's really like don't... PC players don't have to deal with this as much, but for console players with limited space, this takes up over a tenth of the entire console space. Yeah, so I don't know how the logistics of it work, but I I will take them at their word, at least for now, that like if it's literally getting to the point where it's hindering their ability to make the game even still playable, like then yeah, do whatever you need to to keep it like a fun experience. And, you know, if they have to rip out stuff that... If I'm going to be honest, I really have had no reason to play in a long time anyway. Like, you know, Escalation Protocol is cool, but there's really no point in playing it anymore. Uh, same with the EDZ. Like, the only time I go to the EDZ is when I need to do some Forge stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there there are better ways that they could do that. Yeah. And I, I'm... At this point, I have been so surprised by how well destiny or how well bungie is handling destiny since they split up with activision in terms of just like storytelling and like managing their own game like i'm willing to see where they're going with this i will give them the benefit of the doubt that they're that they're not just trying to screw us and and take away stuff that we already paid for yeah exactly and i will also say what was i actually gonna say i already forgot what i was gonna say Nah, Did shit. I forget what I was going to say? No, oh yeah, I mean, it, it just also, think about it, it makes their maintenance of things easier to the point where, like, also, if, I, I don't know if I was the only one that kind of noticed it or if it felt like it to me personally, but there is a lot more uh, in-level loading oh, in certain yeah. locations where basically you go and it just kind of stops you midway and it's like loading, 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 and you're just like, oh my fucking... Dude, you know where I've noticed the worst of that? What? Just the fucking, like, pause menu. It's not even a pause menu, really. The the bringing up the main menu takes like several seconds sometimes. Oh yeah, and also and if you notice the if you notice the bunkers in the previous season, I know you weren't there for yeah, it. Yeah, I the, didn't get to do going those. through the bunkers. Uh, it, for at least two out of three of them, uh, you get halfway through and basically every time be loading. And there was one point I think I stayed uh, waited like for like twenty seconds, and I was just like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it takes yeah. so long. I find it crazy there's even a, a specific staircase in the tower that I know every single time I get there, I'm going to have to load. And I see other people stop on that staircase, too. And I know, oh, well, they're loading. It's just Yeah, it's, it's a very visible point now, which it's, brings me to the next uh, the next topic of Destiny. Yeah. So, James, cross-gen gameplay and a free upgrade to next-gen for the yeah. respective platforms. So, so that's this is cool. a big awesome one so let's say if you have it on playstation 4 or xbox one if you're on playstation 4 you get a free upgrade to playstation 5 and you can still play with your friends that are on playstation 4 if you have an xbox one you will be able to get a free upgrade to or actually i don't think it's free upgrade i think it's smart delivery to uh series x and you get to play with your friends on xbox one so there's, it's not going to be cross, uh, cross platform, which is still understandable at this point, just because they do the, the sheer they size. They say that that's on their list of things to yes. work on, but they, I don't think they said when they were expecting to be done with that. 
but also this is this is definitely a bigger priority i would say for sure just because yeah. uh for me personally uh talking to a lot of my clanmates uh that i play with uh more often than most other people i play with uh i was like yeah i'm getting the ps5 on launch and they're like i probably won't and i was like fuck what what does that mean can i not play with them anymore and now that i know this i'm like dope so i can still play with them and most likely because of the the jump to ps5 and series x that means probably because every you know the, the big thing about these consoles less load times yeah, dude, like Destiny so, 2. I can't... I'll be ahead of those bastards and be like, hey guys, how's it going back there? I'm already ahead of y'all. <laughs> yeah, I so badly just like, I keep, I, I know I've said in previous episodes that like those times where you need a quick trip to the tower to just like pick something up or do or whatever, like get something from your vault, whatever. Like that can take a while, but on the new consoles, that might not be very long at all. Yeah. Plus, yeah. like those loading stops are, and even just like bringing up your own character menu are is gonna be like way way faster. Because honestly, when I do play on Xbox, which I haven't played my Destiny character on Xbox in a while, although I might soon, like, dude. So I have a PS4 Pro, and even still, just the other night, opening up my character's menu took like a few seconds, and I was like, well, "That seems longer than I remember." Oh yeah, with PS4 Pro, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I don't, I've never felt a difference between PS4 and PS4 Pro when it comes specifically yeah. to Destiny. Other games, yes, Destiny, I'm just like, no, it's still the same. What's crazy though is that when I go over to Xbox, which I, I just have like the regular original Xbox, it's what the Xbox One, not the OG Xbox, but like. I definitely noticed that it takes a few more seconds to open up my menu on my Xbox. It probably oh, so there is a small speed boost. There is you a just, small... it just, you don't, I guess I'm so used to it being on PS4 now. I probably didn't notice the, yeah, like the literally there are times where I'll, I'll literally forget how bad it is. And then I'll switch over to Xbox to play with Chris or someone else who wants to play with me. And I'll be, I'll hit the pause button or whatever to bring to change my weapons. And it's like, I got to make sure that I'm in cover because I am going to be incapacitated for a good, like, five to ten seconds. Yeah. It's Damn. fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, man, when I get these new consoles, it's going to be fantastic. I'm just going to I'm gonna love the speed in these two new big boys, which I'm, I, I still crack up about the console. When people are still going console war shit, going like, I like this and I like this. I'm like, dude, just fucking... Obviously, people can't buy both, but I'm just like, I can buy both, so I'm not going to complain about this dumb shit. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, so, continuing on. We don't even on. know. We don't even know the prices of either of them at this point, so I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm getting them. I don't care. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, that's what credit cards are for for me. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> season 11 is out now. Came out this week. Season of Arrivals, which, of course, when it shows Arrival, it's the, the darkness ship, or at least a darkness ship. And it starts off, James, you've, I think we're, we both played the first play, mission. Yeah, I did get to play the first mission. And literally, I was just like, holy fuck, there's some crazy shit happening in Destiny now. I am in. Yeah, so the darkness is already here. So throughout, um, if you played, uh, I mean, since Forsaken, like, even in the Oracle engine or whatever with Marisov, you see like, oh, there's kind of coming, they're on the way. And then throughout the last season you see that they've entered the solar system. Like, they're coming in from the edge. 
and you see the map on Rasputin in the bunker showing the ships coming closer and closer. There's even a cutscene at one point where it shows them going over, I believe, Jupiter. And uh, we finally do get them here where I guess they've already hit Mars at one point too. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've, they're either uh, hit Mars or they're close to Mars because it shows, uh, you saw that cutscene with Anna Bray, right? In Rasputin. Yeah. Which Dude, after I that whole thing. The, like, I want to know what the fuck the ship did to that planet to make it just like disappear off of Rasputin's radar. And yeah, so I guess that Rasputin wasn't Rasputin itself, dark. right? So that they're not... Okay, so I don't think they're at Mars, but it shows them, I guess, going over a planet so far. Yeah, like near, it, near enough that Anna could target them with nearby cannons, I guess? Or warsats? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so, because it, the, it, doesn't, it didn't hit Mars yet, because I know... So the whole thing was... Um, before in the last season it ends with the almighty coming in that's going to crash on the crash into the tower it's like the it's the last of the red legion with a last last ditch effort to kind of hit us back before they they know they're dead so they're like let's just take them with us uh we arm rasputin and put him to full power to the point where literally he <laughs> does a pincer move and shoots missiles from different bunker locations and you just watch the almighty basically get turn to fucking f- smoldering fire and crashes somewhere into earth uh but a lot less violently than it would have into the tower and it shows the might of rasputin and even to the point where Zavala at the end is like now with rasputin with us who can stop us and then yeah. you just have the darkness show up into the system uh rasputin's like deuces and just kind of goes dark and anna's like oh shit what the fuck's happening and that's all you get from that cutscene. Next, uh, you're, like, uh, heading to Io, trying to find Eris Morn, because I guess, like, there's a distress signal, and Zavala has you sent over there, and you see that the darkness, the first darkness ship has come, and it's come into orbit with Io. And, uh, you go through, like, a fight to find Eris, and I believe, isn't it, um, you're fighting Taken, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, you're fighting Taken, and you also keep getting transported to like the court of savathun yes which you get savathun's realm which is also crazy because it's like damn we're getting like i said you're gonna get teases of savathun throughout the next year leading up to uh the witch queen uh expansion in in fall 2021 and this is of course another here we go like you're getting it for, for you've gotten it on titan and vanilla you've gotten it in forsaken with everything happening in the dreaming city You've gotten it in Season of Opulence with uh, the Crown of Sp- Sorrows, or Crown of Sorrow, and now you have it here as well. And Savathun's still doing shit, who knows? And of course, I'm sure there's a thing with her in the darkness, who knows? Because uh, the Hive are probably gravitated towards the darkness anyway. They're probably like a product of the darkness, I would say. And uh, you go through and get to a tree uh, after like all these different teleportation yeah, times like the tree of silver wings or something like that yeah and it's like the last place the traveler touched and in it it was like a tree of light basically it's like james Dude, does it I... remind you of anything kind of looks like to me the tree outside the uh mine of moria or like the elven tree like etched into the doors of moria well i was gonna say it was the tree in Ministerith in gondor oh that makes a lot that's that, a lot yeah that's, i was like what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like there's well, a fucking tree that's white <laughs> well no because well, it's very stylish in like 
definitely like the branches look almost woven like i gotta admit when i first like popped into that area i was like holy fuck the art direction for this room is like fucking amazing yeah so yeah we get so we get all this and eris is basically like losing her shit she's like barely holding on uh because i guess she also got injured like the way she asks for help is like assistance would not be unwelcome guardian yeah she's not she's not one to always ask for help yeah just you know she's gone through a lot of shit and she has no she dude she dies she dies she doesn't have a ghost to uh res her anymore uh not since that's true and uh we get through it and we get like a the seed which becomes our uh artifact for the the seed of darkness or whatever it isn't i thought it was the seed of silver wings or whatever oh maybe that is it but like you the next thing is like you take it to the drifter and he's like this thing can absorb darkness yeah and it it'll 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 give you um it it, you'll get uh umbral engrams which are like dark engrams and the drifter basically like uh the cryptarchs can't decipher these engrams so the drifter creates this cool little machine uh that you take these umbral dark engrams to and it basically uh you take it through one that gets them finished and i believe it, it it basically gives you your items and then there's another one that kind of shows you the seasonal rewards so if you looked at um season of uh the undying you had ikora being the vendor where she kind of gives you the stuff for the against the vex during shadow keep and then during season of the dawn you had our uh, osiris in mercury pretty much giving you all the stuff and it's like the the obelisks were were what also kind of gave you all the stuff that you needed for that season and the last season season of the worthy was uh rasputin and the bunkers that gave you all like the what was the vendor the seasonal vendor uh the vendor this season is actually the drifter's little machine so you basically go down to the annex and that's where your seasonal stuff was going to be which um i kind of like it being there potentially because that kind of mean i don't know if it's only going to be there and you'll be like uh getting constructs and other planets that you have to go to to get specific things as well uh but if it's just there it kind of makes things easier where you're going to get your seasonal whatever you need from whether it's weapons bounties etc uh but of course so io is the first stop of the darkness ships uh throughout the season kind of like um we got uh it started with the edz bunker for asputin and then we eventually got the moon and eventually io so here I think we're going to get Io, and then I think we're going to get Titan and Mars and Mercury. So I think all of the planets that disappear with this uh, after the season are the planets that the darkness is going to come to. as like a last hurrah for these planets. See, that that's my prediction. Cool. I just it's thought like, of that as I was talking just now. I, I literally realized, I was like, oh, that you know, that makes a lot of sense. That actually would be really cool if, like, because I actually had that idea, too, with, like, you were saying that the Almighty was shot down with, like, basically the last of the Red Legion. Yeah. So maybe that's how they explain that you don't have to bother with the Red Legion, like, campaign anymore. Like, literally, the Guardians have taken care of that at this point. Yeah. And we also get... So, like, I I think it's going to be in that order. So we got Io, then we're going to get either Nessus or Titan. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if Nessus will be on that list or not. Uh, but then it'll be Titan and then Mars and probably then Mercury after, or at least if it's three, then I think for sure IO Titan and Mars are the for sure three for sure. Like I can almost guarantee it's going to be those three. It just makes the most sense. 
I uh, what I yeah, especially since like, like I said earlier, there's like no, not really any reason to go to any of those three places anymore besides yeah. literally story missions. So what I did next, I don't think you did this one, but have you done the basically the new seasonal public event that's on IO right now? Not yet, no. That's so my it's next a combination. It, it's a uh, it's it's similar to kind of like. Um, each, you know, there's a seasonal public event that's kind of weird, like the, obul- the obelisks take you through shit, there's Vex invasions, there's now, like, the Rasputin bunker tower, or the rest, the towers and stuff. This time, it's uh, the moat banking again. Mm. So, they're taking the moat banks from Gambit and putting them in real spots. So, you're collecting these darkness fragments and banking them in to power up. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know for sure. I have to, like, play... I've only gone through it once myself just because I've been doing all the weekly challenges to up my light level. I started at, like, 1002 just because I realized it was the artifact that powered me up last season. Uh, so I'm like, ah, shit, I have to get to 1060. This is going to be a climb. Uh, so, or is it 10... Yeah, I think it's 10, 1060 or 1040. I forget which one I have to get to. Uh, I think it's 1060, though. I could be wrong. I forget. I think it's... Wh- whatever the fuck. I have to get to 1060 either way um but uh it, it's a it's a climb and at least to get to 1040 it's only powerful gear so you have to use like all powerful gear to get to like 1040 or 1050 actually i think it's 10 1050 you do all the powerful gear for and then the pinnacle gear will carry you from 1050 to 1060 and that's how it's gonna go um and then the artifact can take you to 1080 if you want, if you get, like, the full-powered artifact. I think I, I think that's correct. I could be wrong, but there's better destiny sources out there than I am, for sure. You just have to find them. Uh, so that's going to be cool. And this public event is... It's cool. I, I liked it, but the whole thing is it's, like, it's supposed to draw the these, these moat bank areas that the darkness is sitting, I guess. The darkness attracts the races. So in this one, I got the Cabal. I don't know if it's different races each time on each planet, or each planet will have a different race. So I guess it's Cabal on Io, and it'll be maybe like uh, Hive on Titan, and then um, maybe Cabal again on Mars or something. I'm not really sure. But it's interesting seeing how this public event will play out. I don't know how interesting it'll be by the time the season ends, but uh, at least for now, I'm interested. Uh what I'm doing, at least for this season, is the way I'm going about things is light levels go and the new quest comes first. Because I never even finished the Rasputin bunker upgrades. Uh, I got through everything else but the bunker upgrades, specifically. Uh, so I got all the weapons, at least. Except for the bounty weapons, I think. So what I'm doing is I'm going to go through all the powerful weekly shit, get that stuff, and then do what pinnacles I can. Because some you can't even do until you're a much higher light level. Like, you can't do Nightfall or Deal... Uh, 100Ks to get, like, the, like, Master or whatever. Uh, you can't do the Nightmare Master Hunts either. You can't do the dungeon. There's a new dungeon. Uh, I already forgot what it's called, but it has, it's about the Nine. Prophecy. Prophecy. And it's about the Nine, which is really cool, but that is a 1040 light level. So I'm like, oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. I can't get I there I want to do it so bad, but, like, I'm way, I'll literally, my Titan, which is my main, is still only nine hundred. Yeah, that's how fucking far behind I am. So you got you got a bigger. It's easier for you though. I'll say in terms of getting up because uh, just getting to a thousand should be pretty easy because you don't even need to do the powerful gear stuff. You can just yeah, do random like, activities and that'll just anything that drops will get you higher and higher. 
honestly, once I get back into just, like, grinding and trying to finish out my older quests, like, I should probably gain light level pretty fast. Yeah. So what I'm doing is, yeah, uh, for my weeks, it's going to be powerful gear, pinnacle gear activities. And then after that, I'm just going to focus on the backlog of stuff that I feel like, I guess I'm going to see what I want to do until I don't feel like doing it anymore. But all this stuff I'm trying to get before the season's over, before everything disappears. So like, I'm trying to do, I'm still trying to get all the different collectible things in Forsaken. And then I'm working on, uh certain smaller things in season of like uh the black armory season the drifter season uh which i think actually i've finished everything i just need a, uh, I just need to do the um outbreak perfected uh catalyst which is the zero hour uh mission that strike that's really cool uh that takes you through with mithrax that's actually where you get to play with mithrax a little bit i don't know if i ever did that Oh yeah, it takes you through the vault. You get to see the vault ruin from Destiny One, where your vault used to be. Uh oh, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, like it actually shows the vault what's inside. Huh. Yeah. So I would actually suggest doing that. It's pretty tight. It's just yeah. hard. Um, uh, is that where you get a really outbreak... difficult platforming area? Is that where you get Outbreak Prime? Outbreak Perfected. Perfected. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just like uh, the Whisper of the Worm was another one, and then the third one is Bad Juju, which you get through oh, the uh, Tribute Hall. I still need to upgrade my uh, Whisper of the Worm. Oh, damn. Uh, actually, I might be able to do that with... Uh, uh, actually, I have to go through again because I got this thing for to get the Taken ship that's in it. So oh, it re- requires okay. me to do it for the next three weeks if, you wanna, if you're down to do it for the next three weeks, though. Anyway. Yeah, I got nothing else to do. Yeah, so I'm doing some backlog stuff until I don't... Oh, if, it's so like it's until I reach the... Next week. Until I reach the cap for this week, and then I'm basically just moving on to my backlog games. Like right now, I'm working on uh, the Uncharted 4 Platinum, and then that's my that's the end of my 2016 uh, list, which was like honestly 16 games, which is crazy. Uh, and then I can finally move on to uh, 2017, and then pause everything for Last of Us Part Two, and then continue 2017 after I play through it once. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, everything for Destiny. Uh, you feel everything is covered, James? Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Alright, if that's the case, do you know do you know what's next? Fucking PlayStation News, my god. Yeah, which uh in future episodes of course we're just because I'm kinda a lot more back into Destiny and James is actually playing Destiny again in general, uh we'll probably talk about it a little bit more, you know, we're not gonna over kill you guys with it but we'll uh, try we'll, not to make this a destiny podcast yeah even though pretty much like everyone like at this point i feel like it's like destiny and godzilla so it's you know it's just how it is but all right so playstation guys we had uh let me count them up how many games were shown so we, we had the ps5 reveal event guys and it was hour and 15 minutes long and which was 15 minutes more than i expected so that was pretty cool we had um how many games were revealed? Let's see. In terms of just games in general, so I'm counting... Uh, should I count GTA Five? Or no? I, I don't know. I mean, that. so that announcement was interesting, but weird at the same time. Because, like... Well, do I want? Do we want to count it? That's all I'm asking. Well, we'll talk about it in a second. I just want to oh, as, like, a new it. game? Yeah, do we want to count it as one of the games revealed, is what I'm asking. Uh, I guess so, just because, like... Okay. They did right, legit so, say that it is a new version with, like, right. enhancements and shit, but whatever. All right, so, okay, so, 
Let me get to the list, damn it. Alright, so we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 20... Oh, wait, no, 25. 25 games. I counted PlayStation thing. So we had 25 <laughs> games shown here. Which, uh, would you say that's a good amount of games, James? 25? Yeah, especially since, like, literally... Out of that entire list of games, there were maybe like two that I was just kind of eh on. Like yeah, everything was honestly, else, I was like everything else. I was literally just like, "Holy fuck, I want to play this." What the fuck? Yeah, it was. A, there was a good amount of games I actually was surprised because I'll be honest, guys. Like I like I said before, just like during the edgy and expo stuff. Like I mainly like the bigger AAA games. Like there's smaller games I do like, especially if it's like multiplayer ones I play with friends on like Steam or something. But for the most part, I do like the bigger ones and there are some smaller ones that i really do enjoy uh just not too many where this uh this uh show had some ones that did have my interest it was like oh this is actually the most i've seen in a long time of just like in a, in a mass amount where i could go oh there was multiple here that interested in me that i didn't expect but out of those 25 there were uh i want to say nine exclusives not all of them were first party, but uh, there was like basically one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, sorry, ten. Ten exclusives, which is. I, I think that's a good amount, James, wouldn't you say? Oh, uh, yeah. Alright, so we'll go down in, in uh, order of reveal. So they did start, yes, with a GTA, <laughs> GTA 5 <laughs> coming to PS5. Uh, this game is seven years old going on at eight and they went let's just bring it out again it's like skyrim all i swear to god if skyrim comes to ps5 and xbox series x i'm just like dude just stop no one wants this game anymore i mean i guess people do because they keep buying it but even to the point where i loved their games i'm like i don't want this stuff anymore please stop make me something better because so, i've played witcher so stop with this bullshit <laughs> So what was weird about it to me was I was expecting them because they kept saying that like it's going to be enhanced and it's going to look better or and shit like that, whatever. But I was expect totally expecting them to do like a, a like a screen wipe or whatever and just cut to like this is what it's going to look like. And they never did. They they were very honest, I guess, that they they had a PS4 logo up in like the upper corner to show you like, this is all PS4 footage. This is not the the PS5 game. Yeah. But it just seems weird that like, why would you spend two minutes on re revealing GTA five for the next console and not have any new footage to like show, oh, this is what it looks like with ray tracing. Oh, look, isn't it beautiful? I mean, what they should do, I think when they do reveal it is they should do first, they should show PS3, gameplay and then they should show ps4 gameplay and then they should show ps5 gameplay and put them side to side and you're just like what? and just like yeah, so uh, funny yeah and so they did say i believe gta 5 is coming in 2021 but you can get gta so i believe this is for specifically if i read that correctly james for playstation plus subscribers you get GTA Online for free right off the bat, so I think that comes out. Yeah. Did it? Does it come out before GTA Five? Was that what it said, or does it come out at the same time? That was the Shit, only. Uh, I don't know. I assumed it comes out at the same time, but like they they. 
I'm pretty sure they definitely said that GTA Online, like, by itself somehow, would be free to PlayStation Plus owners. Yeah, so it was... Like, at launch, I think. But so I, I, I think it'll be so I think it I think GTA Online will just come with GTA Five. So when GTA Five comes out, GTA Online will be free to PlayStation Plus owners, and then uh, yeah, yeah. So I think they come out simultaneously. So you can purchase the campaign if you want, and uh, you can get GTA Online with that campaign. But if mm. you just have like let's say like if you're so I feel like that's tailored, honestly, more towards people that maybe haven't played it yet still. There might still be people, because that apparently is still one of the best-selling games now. Uh, it's still, like, people still haven't played yeah, it, I guess. It's insane that it it's still, like, top of the MPD charts. Yeah. So if that's the case, then there might still be people that want to buy that campaign. But for most people, maybe that just, just want GTA Online, all they got to do is just have PlayStation Plus, which is probably what they've been doing already, and then they could just keep playing, which is honestly, I think that's pretty awesome. For that and uh, another cool thing is every i think you get uh each month counting down towards it you'll get a million dollars for ps4 owners yeah which is interesting i don't know if that's quite enough to get me to re-download gta 5 and play gta online because like we tried to play it one time and it was not the best experience i think it's gotten a lot better now james honestly like i mean if there, there's a reason why a shit ton of people play it Oh, for sure. Like definitely. But I, I personally like. I mean, I, it's like I said before. I the reason I don't want to is just because I would rather play. I'd rather be a cowboy. I, I want to just play uh, Red Dead. I feel like myself. part of our problem was we tried to play together, and it really, at least at the time, was not good at putting us in like the same party. Like we had to literally find each other on the map and go to each other. Yeah. But I have a feeling that if you just wanted to play by yourself and just go online and fuck around doing literally whatever you want in gta online like that would probably be a much more fun experience because you're not dealing with the headache of trying to do everything with the people you want to play with you're literally just going around doing whatever you want at a whim but i also like i said i don't i don't think it's the same as when we played it i'm, I'm pretty sure like we That's can't really true. speak to it I, I, speak to it. I am actually interested in giving GTA online a try because like there have been a shit ton of add-ons over the years yeah, I I might have, it, 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 I would have I'd probably wait till PS5, and it would also depend on if Red Dead Online would carry over or not as well. Because like I said, I just wanna I wanna be a cowboy. Sorry That's guys, true. <laughs> I just wanna be a cowboy. Uh, next game, which they kind of just went straight out with, uh, was Spider-Man Miles Morales, which apparently has caught a lot of controversy over the last day. Which has been hilarious watching people not understand it. Which well, honest, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was pr I, my prediction was correct, and I thought it was pretty straightforward. So when they so they revealed Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is of course PS5 exclusive. Uh, this game is pretty much it said holiday 2020, which I'm assuming is just going to be a PS5 launch title. Like that makes perfect sense that it's a PS5 launch title. I don't know why I don't know why they didn't say that, but I'm guessing it is. Well, and of course like it's we've they've said that the ps5 should be out by the end of the year and then yeah like spider-man miles morales is like holiday 2020 so yeah they just I haven't given imagine. the they haven't given the specific release date of the ps5 yet either but yeah. it's it's like i've said before where i feel like both consoles will come out in early november just because uh strategically it just makes sense to have them come out 
in early November, sell out, have the second wave on Black Friday. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's basic math, Guardian, uh, mm-hmm. as Tess Eververse would say. But, uh, so Spider-Man Miles Morales makes sense, launch title, and developed by Insomniac still. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, it's about Miles. This isn't Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 would be with Peter Parker. That just makes more sense. I thought and, for a second it could be Spider-Man 2. Yeah, but, I, like, I, I thought... I, the timing just didn't feel like it was there, especially just because, yeah, it's, it came out in 2017. But then you also saw Ratchet a little bit later, which made more sense, yeah. too, where like that is a bigger game well, that it probably took time to develop. So what I thought was going to happen was I thought that they were maybe revealing Spider-Man 2 coming out next year or whatever. And that they were revealing that Miles is one of the playable characters. Like, maybe you switch off between Peter and Miles. But then at the end, when it's, like, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and not Spider-Man 2, I was like, oh. Then, yeah, this is probably just, like, a side story thing. Like, uh, uh, um, Uncharted Lost Lost Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. yeah, so when it came out, uh, or at least when they revealed it, my first instinct or first thought, like, I, I'm not even trying to be modest, like, my first thought was, okay, this is like what Wolf- Wolfenstein Old Blood was to Wolfenstein The New Order, where Wolfenstein The New Order was like that big Wolfenstein game, and then Old Blood came out, and it was like a standalone expansion that you could play it by itself, but it was basically a big old extra story to the first Wolfenstein game. Like, it was just big enough to stand on its own, but it's not a... It's a 1.5, not a 2.0. Right. And I saw that, and I instantly guessed. I was like, it just it just makes sense. They wouldn't... If it was Spider-Man 2, you'd see Peter. It would be more about him because of the characters well, that are coming up as villains in the next one. Which yeah, is like, especially you're going to get since, Harry Osborn, yeah, no, Venom, no spoilers, and stuff like that. But, like, very clearly... Oh, well, I just did, yeah. Well, I guess, kind of. <laughs> I fucking so played I the guess, game already. That's the thing. It's like, they, they have already... Been out three years. Basically, what I'm getting to is they've already set up, like, hints at what the next game is going to be about. So, the fact that we didn't get any Peter in this at all, like, it'd be weird if they set up a bunch of Peter storyline stuff and then just continued it with Miles. So, it makes sense that this is definitely just, like, a... Plus, they've already said it at this point. This is just a a side story starring Miles. Yeah. Which I'm wicked excited for. Because, like, I... Dude, like, I had so much fun playing as Peter... And Miles has, like, the spider sting ability, plus he has fucking cloaking. Dude, yeah. can you imagine the stealth segments that you, they could do with Miles? I love stealth games, and I love Spider-Man. I'm, I'm fucking excited. You could probably tell from my voice. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think it's going to be really awesome. Uh, I do like the style they're going for with it, at least from the, the first things you see. And I think it's a great... So it's, the interesting thing about this is it is, like, Uncharted Lost Legacy, it's like Wolfenstein, the old blood, where it's a standalone expansion. They did emphasize on it, and a bunch of people complained, going, it's false advertising. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm sorry, personally, but I caught on pretty easily. I just don't know why you didn't. I thought it was pretty obvious, personally. Um, the, the thing with this is, yes, it's a standalone expansion, it feel, or like a standalone adventure that continues off from the previous one, where it's like a 1.5, but the big difference between this and all the others is it's on the next gen, whereas the others were on the previous gen. And it looks fucking pretty. Yeah, and so what I see it is, it's like a cross between um, a continued standalone 
from the previous it's a continued standalone from the previous but it's upgraded with all the ps5 capabilities so it's almost like also a prologue for two at the same time so it's an even bigger bridge between them which i do like a lot and this does make me think as well like uh when we talk about one of the next games in a second uh i do want to briefly just kind of talk about insomniac in general uh just because of what they can do now with ps5 busy yeah, so uh, before we get to that part, though, uh, the second game revealed was Gran Turismo 7, which I know for a lot of racing people was probably really awesome for them. Yeah. Uh, just because it's been a while since the last Gran Turismo came out. There wasn't many, honestly, on PS4. And uh, this seems like it's a big comeback. I'm assuming Polyphony's been working on this for a very long time. Yeah, so I know Gran Turismo is one of the like racing sim games that people tout as like the basically the gold standard for the series uh, not the series the uh genre or whatever but i'm just kind of you know came in <laughs> well then that's the thing forza is also really really good but one of the reasons why i never personally got into the gran turismo games is i don't like racing sim games because they yeah for- i like open i like open trail stuff like that it's like i'll put it this way too like uh when you look at gran turismo and forza they're or specifically for forza motorsport uh they're both very much that racetrack kind of thing and yeah no it's of no interest to me i just never get a good feel of the controls for the sim games like i know they are going for absolute realism in terms of like well did you get the wheel on the brakes well, it's like you got to downshift you, or else you're going to spin out and shit and you can't overcompensate. And it's like, I just want to fucking race a car. I just want to play Mario Kart, baby. Come on. That's the thing. I like Mario Kart is way more my speed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird because I don't I don't like car games in general for the most part. I mean, I just I'm not into them. But if I did like instead of those, like what was more my style was probably like MotorStorm, Drive Club, Forza, Horizon specifically. Uh, but even then, I was more like, um, I think out of the games, like without playing them just or playing a little bit, but not really of interest, I think the one that seemed the most interesting to me, and I'm excluding car combat games like Mario Kart and Crash and Blur and stuff, but um, was, uh, I think, The Crew. It's like that, because you get to go cross country and stuff. That always seemed interesting, because I, I think what I want is like more road trippy type uh, car games car games where you're traveling and just like venturing across terrains and stuff which is why also forza horizon was interesting looking too but the uh, the the premise of going across the entire u.s was like really awesome and then i thought about it and i was like am i gonna really get another am i gonna get a racing game and actually put time into this no i'm not gonna bother it's like me saying oh yeah i should get like guitar hero and rock band and stuff i know i'm not gonna play it or yeah. stuff like that fair enough yeah it, you know racing people i'm sure it's cool for them which brings us, of course, to the second Insomniac game that we got pretty much right off the bat. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And I this is probably the, one of the most exciting reveals for me, uh, this show, for sure. Because uh, also, this is the game where we got, besides, I'd say, Gran Turismo, we got the most gameplay. Yeah, uh, we got I was to see really a lot excited it. to see, like, a good chunk of actual gameplay. Yeah. Like, and Almost right off the bat. Uh, I guess, in term, I don't know if this takes place, so... The way Insomniac went was they had an entire line of Ratchet and Clank games that ended at the end of PS3 with Into the Nexus. And then they had Ratchet and Clank, just titled that, which is came out in 2016, which was a uh, reimagining of the original game. Because yeah. it was 
based on the movie that came out that was based on the original game that oh. came out. Yeah, do you think they're just restarting the series, essentially? So... Uh, Rift Apart. I'm. They, I. I, I want to. They'll. They will. T- they'll talk about it. But I'm like, is this a direct sequel to 2016 Ratchet and Clank's reimagining, where it's a fresh start, or is this a sequel to Into the Nexus, where it last left off? Where, um, if you get, if you actually get into the story a lot more, then you're like, well, what about this? And you get into love interest, all oh, shit. But um, I, I'm not gonna do that. So that's a good question. That that is uh, as someone that which I I guess shows it sh- has me show myself that how much I do like the franchise where I do care about like which characters this is having it like what what part of the timeline is this like I guess I'm more invested than I thought I was, um, but it it looked really good like I think with the PS5 you could see the power of it just with the oh, yeah. ability to go they were like hey you can go from level to level to level to level. Just like rifting into another level, rifting into a different level, rifting into another level, real time in game. So I mean, like there wasn't any loading in between that and stuff. I guess you could say the loading was like you falling into the sky yeah. or something, but which was like two seconds. Yeah, it was pretty fast. So like the fact that they went literally were falling through multiple completely different environments, and I like granted they could be fudging it a little bit. I don't know, but. If that's legitimately how the game is gonna play, that it was impressive. Yeah, because I did not see like any pop in or anything. It looked good, and uh, they they do show a female Lombax, yeah. uh, which was cool. Which um, I'm curious because I, I have to look again the image up for there was a female Lombax before people forget. Uh, I think her was name there? was Angela Cross. She was in the second game, Going Commando. Um, because yeah. I literally, when I saw that, I like freaked out because like I was watching it with Chris and I was like, oh shit, Ratchet's supposed to be like the last of his kind, I thought. Nope. And uh. looking at her, she is, okay, she looks completely different than the character in this one because she looks literally like female Ratchet uh, in terms of kind of like color and style, whereas the one in Rift Apart is white, kind of like um, Azimuth from Kraken Time. He was like a white Lombax. But the cool, like, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then someone did a still image, and I looked at her, and animation is great. The character looks cool. Insomniac looks like they're doing a great job, but it's not Insomniac I'm worried about. There's a very big sect of fans that are just those, the thirsty furries, James. <laughs> I was a little worried about that. I saw some shit, and all of a sudden there was, like, this debate of which one do you like more. I I forget where I was at, but there was, like, a whole Lola Bunny from Space Jam versus this one. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Goddamn furries. I was going to get my boot and throw it at the trash can, you know, when they're on the fence and shit. Like, get out of here. Shoo. But, oh, God, I'm afraid because I don't want to deal with that. I I will say it was hilarious. Like, um... Insomniac used to have a podcast called The Full Moon Show that I used to listen to. I loved it because that was what also helped hype me the shit up for uh, Resistance 2 when it was coming out. But back then they were also talking about like, oh, you know, someone sent in fan art for us and thank you, appreciate it. And it's some great Ratchet fan art of him on the beach. And well, now we know for sure. Ratchet's a boy, and yeah. <laughs> you're just like, dude, did you just send Ratchet with his dick out? Like, who do you, what the fuck are people doing? It's a furry, it's like a fox character. I, just, I don't I just well, love oh, God. so much. Oh, it's fucking furries, man. I can't even, I can't. Anyway, all right, it's, oh, God. 
So what I was going to say about Insomniac, and so we get Miles Morales Spider-Man coming up, and that seems like it's launch. Uh, did we see a date for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart? I don't think we did, James. Did uh, you I don't see a remember. Date? I don't I, think there I would was. really doubt that it's another holiday game. No, no, no. So I think a lot to ask of Insomniac. If if they have this come out, I would say second half twenty twenty one soonest. So it's like a summer fall twenty twenty one game. Uh, that's honestly what I'm guessing too. Just to have, seeing how far along the gameplay is too. Um, I think yeah, it, it looked. I mean, granted, demos can be deceiving, but like it looked really well, like far along. Yeah, I think this would be a game you'd see coming out in like uh, either April, May, or I'd say September. It just feels like that kind because you don't want. It's not like one of the fall, like fall Black Friday crazy games that like hit up between call of duty and battlefield and shit but it's one of those ones that come out before it uh you know what i mean yeah i think i know what you yeah. mean so uh with this one too like because the the last game we're going to talk about is what i think will be in between them which you know you know what i'm talking about we'll, we'll get to that soon uh or we'll get to that at the end of this uh but it's it was for sure the game that you're just like holy shit um insomniac has so many properties, so we're not even going to go over all the VR stuff. They have a bunch of Oculus deals they've had previously, which had like three or four VR games. But their big properties that they have now are Ratchet and Clink, of course, Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, now, because they were bought, they own the IP. So Sunset Overdrive, we wouldn't see the first one on PS5, I don't think, unless Microsoft made a deal with them. Oh, so but, they do own Sunset Overdrive 2? Yes. So mm. Sunset Overdrive 2 would come out on PlayStation 5, James. I know. Sony owns Sunset Overdrive now. Um, and Resistance. So I we have, so badly want a Resistance game. I know. So here's here's what I'm seeing. This is just Insomniac and shit. Because fucking, like I said, this is the dream studio. This is where I want to work. Like, honestly, this is the dream job. Uh, we're going to get Miles Morales Spider-Man in fall, like holiday 2020. We're going to get Ratchet and Clank probably second half 2021. And then that leaves Spider-Man 2, potentially Sunset Overdrive 2, which I feel like if they did that, they would do like a cool release of the original before it or something. I just feel like that would happen. Uh, and then either, so this, here's the thing, James, either Resistance Remastered Trilogy or uh, Resistance yeah. 4. So I'm, th so we could get Spider-Man 2 next after these two, t after the current announced titles or they could just spread everything out and go, they, they keep things so fresh because they don't have to go, here's Resistance 1, 2, or 3, here's Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, here's Ratchet 1, 2, and 3. They just go, here's this one, here's this one, here's this one. They could spread it out so far where they have so much to work with. They already have four existing IPs they could just keep going at. But they could go at, a, at a, such a nice pace because they have four IPs that are all successful in different ways. And it's been so long for Resistance to the point where the hype is real. People want this game. Like, if you go on their Instagram, they post it. And everyone's like, give us the fucking Resistance. Give it. And I'm also on there going, like, give us the fucking remaster. And everything. Like, you just you just want it. Um, Sunset Overdrive 2 would just create a whole fervor, I feel like, as well. Just because it was a very fun game. I played that way later. And it aged pretty well. I really liked it a lot. The, weapon, the, the weapons in it are just... It's fun. It's, just, it's like a really good game that screams summer honestly if there's like one thing that insomniac games is good at it's making like weapons like really creative weapons that are really diverse yeah so what i i think this is what i want so after we get ratcheting spider uh, miles morales spider-man i want resistance remastered 
trilogy. Because that'll also gauge for them and Sony, do people want Resistance 4? They do that. Yeah. Then you can either do either Sunset Overdrive 2 and also re-release the first one for PlayStation. Or you could do Spider-Man 2, one or the other. And then after both of those, you would do Resistance 4. I, this is just my ideal timeline, probably. Uh, just because I know, like, I think out of all of them, too, Resistance might be on the lowest pull for Sony. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. But I just, I think that's a cool timeline to go for right there. And that just kind of also could map out their entire uh, PS5 generation, too. Because that kind of would keep them occupied for a while, potentially. They do have two studios as well. Don't forget that. They have their Burbank studio and they're in uh, Southern California. They also have their Raleigh-Durham studio in, uh, or I guess Durham. I forget which one. I think it's Durham uh, in North Carolina as well. I have a feeling that maybe if they're going to do, if they would do a Resistance HD trilogy or whatever, unless they're like full remakes, they would probably just have like some other studio like Bluepoint do uh that is true which uh we'll talk about blue point in a bit as well oh yeah (laughs) there's so much to talk about all right uh so we got uh next up is project athea which um yeah i have to to find it here so that was the one that was the one with the girl right where it's just like it's a girl on her quest for the for the whatever yeah because like, we kinda, I, i'm not gonna lie we saw that a lot and i was just like i'm not nothing against it being girl not whatsoever because i always love that shit like freaking look how much i fucking love horizon last of us but i i hate that they're i'm just like dude you don't have to overemphasize the story just show me the fucking game like well, the thing is for me they were trying to make the what little plot that they give us sound super epic yeah like the last lines are like she will rise and it's like Okay. Bro, you but know then, this is the game, right? <laughs> so I was not that interested up until they started showing some of the visuals from the game. And I was just like, ooh, shit. There's some interesting, weird shit in this game. Yeah, it does look interesting. They just could have shown the more interesting stuff more, I think, personally. Sure. It's like, they should have done the way... I mean, like, look at how Last of Us 2 did it. You just have Ellie playing on a guitar. And everyone already knows Ellie. And you're just like, oh, this all makes sense. And it just worked perfectly. This wasn't like that. And that's... It was... It was, you know, it's Square Enix being Square Enix, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's this, it, this is one of the exclusives as well. So everything we've talked about is exclusive so so, so far. I'm like talking too fast. Uh, this is also an exclusive. I'm, I'm just so excited, guys. It's just so much. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, no release date for it. Uh, I don't even think it's the actual... Is this title a work in progress? If it's called Project Athea? Yeah, most likely it's work in progress. And... I, I don't know for sure, but I heard like a specific um, the one of the there's a specific writer that's working on it, or maybe that was for Resident Evil. I forget. I, I think there's a specific um, there's a, a big Japanese creator that's on this one. I just don't remember who. Uh, like there was always, there was someone saying that some big creator had a secret project he was working on, and potentially this is it. I, but I could be I, wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that looked cool. Uh, next we had, <laughs> I was not expecting this one, coming in 2021, Stray. Oh, dude, I'm like so into this. From Annapurna Anna, Anna Interactive. Why can't I say that name? Which like, like, Annapurna just makes really interesting experiences. To, like, they're like that, the A24 of yeah. games. And so like, literally, I thought it was so funny. I made a joke before the title came up that like, 
oh, you totally get to play as the cat. That'd be hilarious. And it's like, oh, shit, you do play as the cat. Right, you just play as the cat, bro. Like, <laughs> it's just the cat time. I just, I want to know about that world. That, like, seemingly all the humans are dead or gone. and But, like, their robot workers are still there, still doing their thing. And you're just, like, a cat doing your own thing just around. That's interesting. Yeah, it's. It, I'm just. I'm excited to do cat things and go on cat quests. I think they sold me sold a copy when the <laughs> right. But I guess you can't call them up. fetch quests. <laughs> ah. He's got a tiny, cute, tiny little backpack, and he meowed at the at the end. I was like, oh, I want, I want that. I want to be that. <laughs> you you want to be that? I want to play this game. Is what I'm. Do you ever you just look at your cat and you pick up your cat and you look your cat in the eye and just you just I want to be you. <laughs> I want to be just like you, please. Let me in. I wouldn't God. be lying if I did if I did say that like there was not a single point in my life where I was like, man, if I was a cat, I wouldn't have to deal with like most of the bullshit in life. <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. I'm actually so so far. Um, well, actually, we'll, I think we'll get to it at the end, and I'll just I'll list off every game and just real fast, and we'll be like interested, not interested, or I'll say. Uh, not interested, interested, and sold. Does that make sense? All right, cool. All right, so next up we had, uh, from... I wasn't expecting to see them here, honestly, but from Housemark Games, Returnal. Dude, fucking sold. That looked really cool. That was was fucking tight. Not only am I, like, a huge fan of housemark in general but it's maybe i'm misinterpreting what they were talking about but it sounded like they were setting up sort of like roguelike elements because like every time that the main character dies she says like the world seems to change yeah and like i just like the dark art style that they were going for i just really liked a lot of that shit it looked creepy like i want to know everything going on on that planet yeah and um the design for like the suit with the character she like honestly her suit looks really tight i'm excited to just see more of this um i actually one of the things i've been wanting to do eventually when i kind of finish my main backlog and i just kind of through go through my ps plus games that have just been kind of adding up uh, i know there's a number of house smart games and uh, the only ps4 game i've actually played i think so far has been at least for from their games have been uh, resogun so there's still all the others I want to go through. So I'm excited to just kind of run through them all and then eventually finally get to this uh, when this comes out too, like uh, just to kind of catch up on them. Cause uh, like they're known for their uh, side scrolling shooters. Like, you know, it's just yeah. over the head uh, running around shooters and some are single player, some are multiplayer and stuff, but they've been always like pretty much like top tier games of their genre and of course they had to unfortunately stop because they said you know the sales weren't enough for them yeah like they couldn't... which is sad yeah and then they, they were working they on another... really good at those kinds of games yeah and they were weren't they working on a mobile battle royale game but they had to scrap it oh i, I don't know about that i think that's what it was and they scrapped it because they were like actually this is a terrible idea after they saw what happened to cliffy b's game oh. <laughs> so uh yeah I, I think that was uh as colin said that was a wise choice on their part just because it would have been it might have been bad for them, but uh, this is looks like the right direction for sure. I'm, I'm excited for this game. Yeah. Uh, ne- next, I, I didn't expect this. Also, I, I thought about it later because I didn't even realize the title difference, but uh, Sackboy, A Big Adventure. 
yeah. from uh, Sumo Digital, which I believe Sumo Digital were the ones that did um, Little Big Planet three, because Media Molecule, the original creators of Little Big Planet, only did one and two, I yeah. believe. So I don't know. I was really confused. Is this just like a platforming game, or does it actually have creative stuff to it? Um, you know that. So I'm not honestly too sure for that. Because if it's literally just like a Mario 3D World type of platformer game, like isometric overhead platformer, like I don't know. I a lot of people. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I, I didn't I, it's just, if it's literally just a platformer that involves Sackboy and it has like you can't make your own 3D platforming levels or anything, like I just don't. I'm not personally that interested in that. Gotcha. And uh, just to go back for one second, I believe Stray is gonna probably be multi-platform, so it might be on Xbox. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Returnal for sure is an exclusive, just because Housemark will always do exclusives with Sony, even though they're not owned by him. And then Sackboy, of course, is an exclusive. But uh, people have been saying it reminds them a lot of Super Mario 3D World. Uh, yeah, I, I could say that because like it, the camera placement and just like the way. The type of platformer it is, it is that kind of platformer. Yeah, and I, n- nothing against it, honestly. I mean, if it's cool, it, I, I would say for this game, just because I wasn't big on Little Bleak Planet specifically, um, it would depend on what is coming out around it and where I'm at. If I don't have a backlog, if I'm just kind of playing current, if if it's not too heavy for me, I'll probably pick it up. If not, then I might skip it. It just depends just because that kind of area of gaming I've it's not one I normally delve into. It's more of like an optional for me in terms of like that genre specifically. Uh, next was another exclusive, uh, Destruction All Stars. Very So that was the uh, yeah, that was the car, uh, car combat, I believe. Yeah. So I like that it's like a destruction derby type thing. So it's it's not quite um, uh, twisted metal where like you have weapons and shit. It's that you're just ramming into other cars, but I like that there seems to be really realistic destruction. Like they were showing cars, like just straight up getting cut in half. And like I like that the different drivers and the different cars seem to have different abilities. And even when you get knocked out of your car, you can still kind of fight each other and stuff like that. Like they were showing drivers like jumping onto enemy cars and just like planting bombs and killing them and stuff. So I don't know. It looks really creative and really fun. Yeah. Um, I do also agree. Like I, I do like um, kind of the car combat games more than the car racing games for sure. So uh, if it, if it honestly has fun mechanics and people want to play it, I, I'm down to just, you know, have some mindless fun with it. It looks pretty, the characters look interesting as well. Just like their design styles to it. Yeah. Uh, after that, was Kina Bridge of Spirits? Very interested. It's just really? it looks so cute. <laughs> it's it's like, uh yeah because it's um what did it, it remind me of um because she's the one with the staff right? Yeah. Yeah, it so reminds way... me of um that old Insomniac title before Ratchet and Clank, Girl with the Stick. They had. I was not aware of that one. Yeah, they they had a title they were gonna make that was canceled called Girl with the Stick, and then I think they switched it with uh then eventually did Ratchet. Uh, okay. And uh, I, saw, I looked at this and I was like, oh, it's a girl with a stick. <laughs> yeah, I just liked that 
So first off, the cute little fuzzy black things that follow her around are like adorable. But at the same time, like I like that it seems to have some sort of Pikmin type of gameplay where you can give them commands and they can help you in battle and stuff like that. It looked very interesting. Yeah, and it's uh, at least console exclusive for PS5. Um, actually, that makes it 10, 11 exclusives, I guess, now. Um, but of course, like, don't forget, when I sell for exclusives, unless it's published by Sh- unless, Shoney, unless it's published by Sony, uh, there's a good chance, you know, how things always go, James, where they're timed exclusive, and then they come out oh, on yeah. the other platform a year later. That That's usually sense. what happens. But... Uh, th- yeah, this does look interesting in that sense. I do see it as a more um, E for everyone, kind of for the younger audience game. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I'm i slightly interested. Um, I wouldn't say I'm sold on it at all, but it, yeah. it, does, look, it does look promising. I just, uh, it depends how for kids it is for me. It, it, to me. That's if very true. If it's too much it's... for kids, then I, I might not be interested. But if it seems like, oh, you know, it's, it's like, you know more universal like uh i guess ratchet in a way but also like you know pixar and studio uh ghibli stuff then i'll be like okay you know fucking i'm in yeah like if it has a really immature childish story then i probably won't bother but if it's i don't know it's i it looks interesting so far yeah but speaking of uh not in (laughs) i'm sorry i just i just don't care i just saw this and i was like no uh (laughs) uh goodbye volcano high (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably going to uh, pass on this one, too. Yeah, coming out 2021, I just saw this, and all I thought was, like, dude, didn't we already get Life is Strange? I don't I don't want to do with it. And it's, That's like, thing. Yeah, it's dragons like, or dinosaurs or something. It's, like, was, Life is Strange, but with dinosaurs. And so kind like, of anime-ish. And so, yeah, on the one hand, I, I like the art style. I think it's really well done. I liked the trailer, but it's just not the kind of game that I generally is look out for, I guess. I think it was honestly there. This is like kind of the small lull midpoint where I I just kind of I wasn't necessarily I, w- I was wasn't losing interest in the stream. I was just more like oh I hope this is a longer stream because because I'm not really interested in most of these games. Like it kind of started with um, like Destruction All Stars was cool, but it was like getting to that point where I'm like it started like a. Okay, we we're getting this game, and then we got Keenan, and I was like, oh, okay, we're getting this game, and it was like Goodbye Volcano, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then they had Oddworld. <laughs> that was interesting. And Oddworld, I was very confused because okay, Oddworld is a very uh, it's it's been a very long franchise at this point. It's been around, I want to say, since PlayStation One. Um, it's it's been around for a long time. It's yeah. a uh, it's a pretty cool series, honestly. Uh, not one I've personally like yeah. kind of delved too deep into. Uh, I never much. really got into it, but it has an audience. It's been around for a while, and um, the only thing, nothing against it at all. It's just the funny tone where uh, the the creator came on and he started talking about it, and he's like, uh, you know, it's gonna be a big story. There'll it'll be a deep story, but when you die, it's gonna be funny. Yeah. And the Which whole is... trailer just felt completely just the tone of like drama, 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 drama. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's just like gameplay and like it's showing him, and it's like you have to cut your mouth open so you can speak again and shit. And I'm just Which is like, interesting because like Abe has had those like mouth bindings since like the beginning. 
So yeah. I wonder what the significance of that is, that he's going to finally, like, cut them off. Because they never and, really seem to bother him. Yeah, and it, it looks like he's saving his people. And you just watch a shit ton of them just kind of, like, die. Yeah, and I'm so not going to lie, I just kind of started laughing. I was like, is that the, is that the funny part? I, this, I think I that's sure. supposed to be the funny part, is that, like, at least... So, again, I never really got into the series, but I know that there are parts where you, like, recruit basically other of his species and you use them to like solve puzzles and shit like that. And yeah, if you don't take care of them, they could die and it, but it's like at least kind of funny and like quirky how they die sometimes. I just, like I said, I think um, with this, with the style of trailer, it just felt a little overly dramatic when they said funny death. I was just kind of like, they were going for a very dark, serious tone with that. Yeah. And I just, (laughs) it's funny because it's like, um just thinking about a game where you're like it's serious but then you laugh when you die and i'm just kind of like i feel like that's kind of the opposite or i guess that makes sense i don't know i don't it's just weird (laughs) the only thing funny in this game is death (laughs) well it's literally like the series so far has been about like escaping slavery and shit like that Cause like yeah, Abe's from like the corporate were, the corporate shit, right? Yeah, like Abe's people were literally enslaved by whatever the other species is, and like Abe didn't even realize that until I don't know. He figured it out at some point, and then was like, "Oh no, we're all slaves! I gotta save everyone." I, it's just like I never got into it, but when it was back on PlayStation One, so I just I'm way so far removed from this series that I just. It's interesting to see that it's still going, but I, it's just not for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have Ghostwire Tokyo, which actually kind of look cool. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested. I'm curious about it because I don't know much about uh, if if isn't isn't Ghostwire a series or is it, is this the first title? I don't know. I th- I thought it was a new thing. I but think it's... it's made by Shinji Mikami. So yeah. I did find it interesting that it seems like the main gameplay, at least while, while you're fighting the ghosts and shit, you're doing like Naruto hand jutsu movements and shit like that. Like you're doing ninja spells and shit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, definitely not soul, but it, no. it is of interest to me. Uh, next up, we had uh, Jet the far shore pass <laughs> yes um it's just I, like the trailer didn't tell me anything i was just like what the fuck have i been seeing yeah i i didn't really it seems like it, it'll be more like um it, it felt like they're trying to act like interstellar <laughs> in terms of the takeoff shit but yeah. it seems like it's one of those um, maybe sim type game where it, it takes time to do what you need to do. It struck me as like Kerbal Space Program, but if it wasn't supposed to be funny. I guess I didn't think about it like that. Um, but again, like I, that trailer yeah. really didn't tell me anything. So I'm just I guessing. Think, uh, I don't know. I, I think I guess for people that just... I, it probably is of interest to people... That maybe want something, especially after just seeing the new, the SpaceX NASA launch, For sure. where they just want something that feels that like actual more, um, not necessarily like sci-fi, but actual like space frontier feeling. Um, 
I, I'm curious. I'm not necessarily interested, but I want to see. It's one of those things where I'm like, it depends on what they show. Like, what kind of gameplay it is will determine if I'm interested or just not even interested at all. Either way, not sold for sure. Uh, next up was Godfall, which had that interesting trailer music where I was like, does this match it, though? I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's one of those ones where I'm like kind of interested, but I'm not sold yet. Like, it's, I, I've I like heard people idea. call it, some Some people have told me it's like, yeah, this is a Destiny killer or contender or whatever, mm, where it I hits that know. same area. And I kind of looked at them and I was like, I mean, if you think that's going to replace Destiny for me, you got a, you got another thing coming. <laughs> uh, I know other people are more interested in that than I am, because I'm going to be honest, um, I don't think I am, at least so far. Uh, and then this one actually was pretty cool looking, Solar Ash. Yeah, I really like the art style of this one. Because wasn't this, uh, they said this is the, the same studio that made um, Hyper Light Drifter. Yeah. Which is, uh, has a very big indie following, I would say. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, it, yeah, because this, this actually, yeah, this, this looked really cool. Uh, I think, because honestly, I still have to play more of those types of games, but it's something that's definitely on my radar for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Hitman 3. Yeah, I I don't I'm not a fan of Hitman personally. Yeah, I, I, never I just never really, really cared for it. Um, I guess for people because I forgot I got really confused when they said three, and I was like, aren't there like fucking like nine of these out now or something? And I guess like in terms of the big numbering of like a set trilogy or something he was talking about, like if you look at I guess Hitman Hitman Two, this is like the direct kind of culmination, big deep story to it, whereas I guess the others are more stories or adventures you know like one-off stories and adventures that are just kind of in his life whereas this one is more about his life i guess does that make sense yeah no yeah maybe uh. oh i thought because all right you know how all right let's say you have these big life-changing arcs that are part of your life yeah and then in between those are more adventures that you're just kind of in. They don't really change you as a person. Does, does that make sense? Where all the Hitman games that aren't numbered are those adventures? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what Okay, you're... I was like, I don't have a whiteboard here behind me. I, can't, I don't know how I... <laughs> no, it's just like, I... I, I don't know. I, I, that's as... what I'm guessing. I don't play this fucking game, but it just that's what I'm assuming, the way he was talking about the story. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I'm just as confused... Uh, as you about like why it's so significant that this is hitman 3 because yeah it seems like there i thought that there were more no but... yeah there there are i just i think it's because he's saying like this one's big to the character yeah it's big like, to the trilogy they've made for the story of that character yeah, specifically like, i did see a lot the of Agent people 47. freaking out online about like holy shit they're finally gonna finish like the trilogy or whatever and i was like okay i don't know what that means but i'm glad you're excited yeah <laughs> And then, um, I'm curious if this is actually, I guess it's for PS5, I don't know if this might be in VR as well, but, uh, Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Which, uh, apparently, Astrobot VR Mission, or Astrobot VR, I think it's called VR Mission, uh, is apparently one of the higher rated, uh, PSVR games. Like, it's, it's apparently a well-known yeah. one, of the, uh, give me your contender for VR in, ter- in general for it, but, um, it must be really cool, though. I- I'm... If I had a, if I honestly, if I probably had a VR headset, I'd probably be excited. Yeah, I've heard not. if you have a PSVR, it's one of those like must play things. 
but I just didn't realize I didn't think that it would be so popular that they'll just make their own standalone what looks like another third per- or 3D platformer game. Yeah, apparently I guess the first one was more of like an intro to the PSVR. Apparently this one is an in- it it's a it's a pre- it's preloaded with the PS5 when oh. you get it. Uh, and is designed to show off the new features of the DualSense controller. Oh, okay. It's actually kind of fun. That sounds pretty fun. Right, I'm, then, I'm like, oh, I'm, cool. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm much I'm more sold because it's now. free. So I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in it, baby. Fair uh, point. Uh, next up. So this one, actually, I think if this is the one I'm thinking of, looked actually really cool. Uh, Little Devil Inside. Yeah, I'm really interested in this one. Not quite sold yet, but... I really liked the art style, and I thought it was very like cleverly funny. The uh, yeah, the weird juxtaposition between like I'm the guessing old dude. you're huh the old dude. Yeah, like I'm guessing you're the young dude going out and like collecting the things that the old dude is te- like sending you out on adventures to find. But it's just interesting they kept splicing between like this guy going on these like harrowing adventures and then it's like the old dude just like bored in the tub or whatever it's fucking yeah. hilarious oh my god i'm not even this <laughs> unrelated but one of my uh one of my friends just texted me i heard spider-man is a standalone game i swear to god i'm gonna fucking throw bricks at people i'm like <laughs> I, I it was obvious what the fuck is wrong with people like come on it doesn't it's so oh god it's so easy to notice ah oh, people Anyway, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, it looks really cool. Uh, I'm excited to see more of it. And after that was NBA 2K21, which I was uh, I thought was unexpected just because of the previous generation's partnership uh, between NBA and Xbox. Uh, they they did work together a lot. You you would have seen the bundles, uh, the the console bundles work oh, with yeah. Xbox. I didn't when even you think saw of that. Yeah, so that was a, I think that was a small, or I guess a bigger victory in terms of sports for Sony, just because it was like uh, last gen, they were very big on FIFA, but I think like uh, Xbox, you know, that uh, Sony had football, or they had soccer, baseball, and Xbox had like football, basketball, but now Sony has basketball, and I doubt they're not going to have FIFA as like kind of like the more prized one there, and um they still have MLB, even though MLB will now come to Xbox in 2021, I believe. Huh. Remember? Uh, MLB, the show is going multi-platform. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, it's honestly a very smart move. Um, but yeah, this is still big. Uh, I have no interest in sports games personally, but you know, that's big for sports people, I'm sure. Uh, followed by, I mean, like, I, I just think it's going to be very small stuff. It's not going to be anything that goes like, you know, you want this on PlayStation instead of Xbox. I think it, will be the same exact game either way you go there just might be oh now i can buy it's bundled with a playstation i could buy it with the playstation if i don't have one yet uh after that was bug snacks (laughs) so it's very funny but i i'm probably gonna pass on this one james you son of a bitch (laughs) like it's very interesting (laughs) and it's very funny but it's one of those like weird like I didn't even play Octodad, and that's the same people that made that are making this one. It's, yeah, I st- oh I still have to play Octodad. I forgot. I never. Wa- I want to find out if your family knows you're an octopus. <laughs> oh, what will your wife think? Oh my god. So like I find it funny that Bug Snacks is just like 
someone had a funny idea and they just like ran with it. It's like the idea that everything on this island is like half bug, half food. And then like you as your own character, when you eat that food, you turn into that food. James, if you smoke weed, you'd probably love the shit out of this game. I bet. I mean, fuck. This is like a stoner's paradise, I feel like, personally. It looks like an acid trip. (laughs) Dude, two people texted me during this and said, this trailer made me hungry. (laughs) Like, multiple people all said the same thing to me, dude. I, I... uh, I, I'm not necessarily excited, but I'm, I'm curious to see more. And I also probably should, when I eventually play Octodad, this will kind of gauge whether or not I'm more interested in this. But yeah. it, I like the humor behind it. And I oh, like yeah, the design sure. and kind of the concept. It, it does look really cool. I, I guess at the know, end of the day, it'll just be like if I in like the gameplay itself or not. That's really. the thing. I just want to know what the actual game is. I, I think the world is funny. Yeah. And uh, we're getting close, guys. We have one, two, three, four, five, and then the big thing. Uh, we're almost there. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Shuhei Yoshida come up, and he was like, "This one, this game is very dear to my heart." Uh, this, like, we're getting. He's like, "We're getting close to the end." But before we do, I wanted to show off this game that's like it's important to me, and this game hasn't been seen since PS3, since it was kind of had a spiritual successor in dark souls and we also got what blue point has been working on which are the guys that did the uh remake it was remake right for um uh shadow of colossus yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so we got blue point they also did the uh metal gear solid uh remakes or remasters hd remakes Oh okay, yeah, so they're, like, they're very well known for yeah. their. That's that's right. They are that's very like good. That's like what um, they do. They are the porting studio or whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. if you want to port a game to a new console or if you want to like upgrade it or whatever, usually it seems like Bluepoint is the studio to go to for that. Which I, I'm happy for this, but also they had teased everything else, so it could have been them that made Resistance, uh, remaster trilogy. It could have been them that made. A new uh, remake to Metal Gear Solid, like we like a like Twin Snakes or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. I'm not against this. But I was just, you know, there are so many possibilities, you know. Uh, I'm but super it's excited. Demon I, Souls. Yeah. I think it looks fucking amazing. It looks really cool. At first, I'm gonna be honest. When they showed it, I straight up, I was like, "Oh, Deep Down's alive again." <laughs> and then it said Demon Souls, and I was like, "Oh, okay, so, yeah. that's cool too." Because so, I didn't, like I said, I never really played any of the Souls games. Um, yeah. Uh, what, uh, Bloodborne's the first one for me, but... I'm definitely sold, because, like, I never... I started playing Demon Souls a long time ago when it came out on PlayStation Plus, and it was, like, the first Souls game I played, it was fucking hard, and I had no idea what I was doing or how to even play it, really. Yeah. So I did not get very far, but now that I have a little bit more experience playing Souls games, like... I'd like to give it another shot, and what they showed was just fucking breathtaking. Yeah, so I am crazy. definitely sold on that one. Uh, I am excited. Uh, I'm just, I'll say for now, I'm interested. It honestly depends on if I proceed with Bloodborne and if I want to play Sekiro after that, because it, it, the whole Souls universe or the, the Souls games in general, uh, that's a, it's a very edgy area for me just because. Um, it's an area I want to get into, but it's not one I necessarily have time for. Like, it's a game of very great patience because of how much you're going to die, how much you have to kind of go through this if you want to really get through it. 
And if you're rushing with a massive backlog, just going from game to game to game, bouncing off the walls like a ricochet, uh, this slows you down so much that you're just kind of sweating like, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for this. I'm not saying that was me, but that's basically been me when I tried to play Bloodborne. And then I would die and I'd be like, I haven't done anything in this game. And yeah. I have all these other games. I, I need to keep going. Sorry, Bloodborne. I'll come back to you later. Yeah, Which I still thing. think I will. I just, you gotta have I just don't know when. Like a lot of patience to get through yeah. these games. Because there are times where you'll like just lose so much progress. And it can be really frustrating. Yeah. And next game was Deathloop from uh, Bethesda yeah. and um, Arcane Studios. Arcane Studios so, which, which I will say... Are you gonna say we'd already seen it before? But like, I I'm very interested in this game. Yeah, I uh, I Arcane is very specific. Like, I know they're a great studio. I just haven't really been interested in the Dishonored games. Haven't been interested in the Prey game they came out with. Uh, I saw this last year at their E3 press conference and had no interest in it whatsoever. I, I just saw it and I was like, what the fuck this is about? And then they came out with this trailer. And I was like, okay, I'm not sold, but I'm now a lot more interested. Like, I, I like the style it had, just kind of the narration and monologue that the character had. And then, like, uh, just the, the feel, the theme they had with it. I was like, okay, now you have me a lot more interested. I like the in- idea that it's basically, like, Groundhog Day. But- Which also was, like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Returnal. Both of these are, like, Groundhog yeah. Day games. So it's like... Except literally, this is like a whole time loop where if, as soon as you die, you go back to the beginning of the day. So it's, I like that idea that I don't like maybe maybe it'll be boring when you actually play it, doing the same thing over and over again. But I guess you don't have to do everything the same way every single time. But it would be interesting to be like, can I literally go one whole playthrough of this game and have a perfect run? I don't want to think like that. That's going to be... Don't... don't. I, I don't think I want to be a completionist for this game, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, and I, but, I'm really interested in what's going on with, like, the other person who seems to also be part of the time loop, and she's just straight up trying to kill him, too. It almost seems like... Um, I, I could be wrong just because it seemed like that was the premise of the previous... When you see the first Bethesda trailer from their press conference, it seemed like it was a weird uh pvp game where it was another player so i think in this where it seems like she comes at random points it's whenever a player maybe wants to jump into another player's game and just fuck with them which should be interesting but yeah it could also be really frustrating but we'll see i i think i if that's what it is that is a very interesting concept but it could be frustrating but it also like i said it's still it's still interesting yeah i'm not quite sold yet but i mean i'm very interested yeah and then we're at the last three games now. Uh, this next one, <laughs> they, I swear, they have so many. They're just really good at revealing it because you're just like, what the fuck is this game? And then it shows the words and you're like, Ooh! Uh, which I do. I might want to kind of make this one a little stretched out just because I want to talk more about the series in general. But we had Resident Evil 8 village yeah dude i was like i don't know why but i fucking love that like the last two games they've like faked us out that it's not it's not a resident evil game and then eventually it's just like oh no it is a resident evil game it it looked really cool and so here's my 
I, I thought it was I thought it was really cool, James. Do you you, you like the series, yeah, I'm, right? I'm very interested. I, you're I'm probably because you you bought Biohazard, right? Seven. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I have not played the most recent one, but I do own it, and like, uh, I am a pretty big series a fan of the series. I know you liked four and five a lot. I remember uh, you, yeah. I remember in high school you used to play the shit out of those games, or at least. It was like middle school for four, maybe, and then high Dude, school was five. Resident Evil Four is still like one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, it's so pretty fucking great. I I was I'm I've been asking some of my friends here in the city about it um, on Discord, but I would like to talk to you about it too, because all right, I haven't played Resident Evil since the PS One days, and I never really finished the games. They were just kind of ones that kind of like played the shallow end on, just kind of touching a little bit, and I was like, oh, it's interesting, but I'm too little to fully comprehend it myself. I was pretty, I don't know, I was slower. Uh, but wanting to jump into it now, I have one game already. They did come out with the, so you have eight numbered games, right? Yeah. And then you also have zero and code Veronica and revelation like one and two, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's like the main ones and there's kind of other offshoots, but not important really. Um, they, in terms of all of them, they, like, re-released, I think, four through six or something, so you can play them now still, but they're not, they're not, like, redone or anything, but yeah. they did remade, they remade, uh, they remastered one and zero, specifically. They did full remasters of those games, and then they did full remakes for two and three, and everyone's saying, like, either they're gonna get a, re- everyone wants a remake, I guess, next of, like, uh, either Code Veronica or four, I'm not sure which one would come next, but... I think Code Veronica needs it more. Because, like, 4 is still, like, really playable, but, like, Code Veronica is still back with, like, tank controls and shit. Yeah. So, here's my thing. I want to try out the series. And I feel like it only makes sense to go from the beginning and try Resident Evil 1, which, let's say, if I went this route, I would do Resident Evil, uh, the remaster for Resident Evil. I already have it. So I'd play that, and then I'd probably play the remaster for Zero, and then I'd do the remakes for 2 and 3, and then I'd play, uh, uh, like, 4 through 6, and then get to, like, 7 and 8. So that's one way. Uh, let's say maybe, James, I don't necessarily like the remasters for 1, and I'm like, it's gonna be the same for Zero. I could then just say, fuck it, I'll kind of YouTube 5-minute like the Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero in five minutes and just skip ahead to Resident Evil 2 yeah. uh, for the remakes. Or, uh, the, so that's option one and two. It's like kind of option one and 1.5, I guess. Because uh, 1.5 is more of a fallback from one if I didn't like it, but I still want to try it out anyway. Or people have been recommending me uh, just start with four, saying just, just go into four and begin there. Or people are saying like, uh, just go where at the freshest point where just it's comes in the the cleanest into it where you just go seven and then I guess eight and that way you don't you're not burdened with the entire luggage of the previous series and you just start with seven and if you want to I could just YouTube the rest or whatever so I guess necessarily um, I don't know which area would I want like what I guess it's between one four and seven and let's say if i started at one of those later ones would it be worth it to go back to the earlier ones after that 
that is what I'm asking. I just like a perspective. This isn't going to make my mind up, but I'm just kind of trying to gauge it from as many people as possible. It's a series I want to get into, but it's not one I'm going to do immediately. This is like uh, one of those game series I want to get into post uh, post backlog, which I know is a scary long time right. thing, but it's just like, you know, one I'd like to start thinking about now just to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit and start planning it in. So I don't, if you wanted to start with episode with the the seventh game, and I guess the eighth game, like the you, they're mostly standalone story. Or I mean, we don't really know much about eight yet, but we we did see that Chris Redfield shows up. Yeah. So I think the only things that you would really miss if you started with the most recent ones is like the references to the older characters. But I don't think that that would be, like, 100% necessary to, like, still enjoy the story. Uh, Four, you could totally just jump into because it is very separate from the series. Like, the first three games have almost a completely different, like, enemy, I guess, to the fourth one. Because, like, episode, so the first three Isn't games, it, like, three, it's, like, the T-Virus, and the later one's, like, Las Plagas or whatever? Yeah, so the first game is all about the T-Virus. The second game, they introduce the G-Virus, and then the third game is, like, T and G-Virus, kind of, because three takes place at the same time as two, basically. It's just another character. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, four, they introduce, like, instead of the virus, it's a parasite, which is the, the Las Plagas. And so I can't even remember, like, there might be some references to previous characters, but I honestly don't, like, uh, Resident Evil 4 almost is entirely just, like, Leon's story. So that one you could definitely just jump into and you would not be missing anything. Just because I'm a fan of doing things in order, just so you can appreciate, like, the progression of the series... I would say try to start with the first one, but I have a feeling that you, you might not like uh, Resident Evil 1 and 0 remake because those were not done like from the ground up. Well, I think they were, but they were, they were not complete remakes like Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake are, where it's like third-person shooter games. Mm-hmm. The like Resident Evil 1 remake is going to still be, like, the set camera angles and, like, tank controls. It's just, it looks a hell of a lot better. And they added some some things to the story, I think, too. But, I don't know. I don't know. Um, me, personally, I would say try to, if you already have access to the first game, I would say start there just so you could see how the series advances. But it's, it is going to be really jarring to go from, like, zero and one and then just like to two and three remake because they're like it's gonna be the same stories but it's gonna be very different uh gameplay i guess gotcha okay yeah so i don't know like i don't think you need to play the whole series just to jump into seven or eight but i i personally would just say like i really like all of them so i would just start at the first one and just go okay and, gotcha. and again, if you are just like really not liking the the controls or whatever of the original games, I'd just say get the story or whatever off of YouTube and just jump into two and three. 
Gotcha. All right, that sounds good. I do appreciate that a lot, dude. Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, we Sorry, guys. Uh, we got uh, two games left. Next was... Um, I was... I'm kind of interested, but I'm also like... I was, we just watched like another Death Stranding, but it wasn't Death Stranding because it wasn't Kojima. What's going on here? Uh, Pragmata? Yeah, I was, I'm interested, but very confused. Yeah, I'm... That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like Death Stranding. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm like, I'm curious, but I'm just like, did you... It, it has to be a very far along game that they didn't... And maybe they didn't take from Death Stranding, but it feels like... It just feels like Death Stranding. Did in they, terms of just theme did elements. Did they say where... Or like who's making it? I forget. Capcom. Capcom. It's oh. Capcom game. That's why, I, but it, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe James. Maybe this is what happened to Deep Down. It became something that's not Deep Down. It's just fucking, yeah. Though I, I, at the same time, I do think Deep Down sort of. I, I could be wrong if I heard this correctly, but Deep Down sort of turned into Monster Hunter World. Interesting. Those are both from Capcom, but I could I could, I could be wrong. But I it's could not, see that because you're both fighting monsters. And I, could, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I could be wrong. So okay, whatever. Who cares? He's I did. I don't, again, we really don't know much about Pragmata, uh, Pragmata, what's it called? Pragmata. Yeah, so we don't really know much about it yet, but I did 2022. find 2022. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's coming out in a couple of years, I but I did notice that in the name, they highlighted parts of two letters that just, it highlights an up and a down symbol, so I wonder what that has to do with, like... You're gonna be falling up, dude, just like that book. Yeah, it's gotta be something important. You're gonna like, get to the edge of the edge of the sidewalk or where the sidewalk ends, and you're gonna fall up right after. It seems like I don't know if you're a human in that suit, but that, that girl was definitely a robot. So was that cat. And then like, were you in like a dome on the moon? I don't. I don't. I don't. I just fucking don't know. That game is so confusing, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't. We'll find out in a year when yeah. they send us this next trailer in one year, because that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna so be like spring twenty twenty one or something at the soonest, and they'll be like, "Look," and you'll be like, "I still don't understand what's happening." Yeah. So so far, I'm interested, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, James, there's one last game. It's a it's a game, all right. Gee, I don't, it's I don't... Horizon Two, <laughs> Forbidden West. Dude, I'm like and so fucking excited. Dude, it we're it, it's going to the west, like straight up. Because apparently, um, I okay, take what I specifically say with a grain of salt because I haven't played the first one yet. It, I'm so close to playing it. Like I said, it's one of the first 2017. It was like the second 2017 game I'm playing. Uh, so it's like right now on my queue, uh, it's like Uncharted, then, uh, replaying, uh, South Park Sick of Truth, and then it's Horizon. So I'm so freaking close. I'm, I'm like so cl- I could, I'm so close. I could almost taste it. F- but like, uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited for this just because I already knew I wanted the first one. Everything I saw from the first one, I wanted it. I know I haven't played it. Maybe I don't even like it, but I, it's hard It's hard to believe because I've also watched a shit ton of gameplay. I used to watch my friend play at his house sometimes. And I just was like, oh, I can't wait to play this. I just wish I didn't have such a backlog and I stuck to it like uh, like glue. Um, James, San Francisco. Yeah, so... We're home! It didn't <laughs> even destroyed. occur to me that that 
that shot alone of the Golden Gate Bridge is like spoilers, sort of. Don't tell me, please. Yes. Well, I don't, I don't need to, well, I already knew it was post-humanity. Like, I assumed humanity okay. was gone. That was... I just always assumed that. I don't that know. it was like humans degraded into whatever. Like they, they basically just lost all their tech. And it's like just kind of post-devolved humanity or whatever. There's a very good explanation for why the world is the way it is. But because of the way the original game was advertised, I... Uh, I didn't really make any assumptions about the world. I was just like, oh, cool. It's like cavemen with robot dinosaurs. That's interesting. I didn't think of, like, why. But they do have, like, an actual explanation uh, throughout the course of the game. And when you get to the reveal of, like, what made the world the way it is, it's fucking insane. And, like, they... I love that they are talking... That the new game is going to be set in the Forbidden West. Because they talk about that a bunch. In... uh, in the first game where like you get like people mention the forbidden West and I, I know for sure at some point you get, I, I can't remember if it was like, um, like an audio file or something, but like someone talks about how there's like shit in the forbidden West. That is like, like the reason why it's forbidden is because the monsters there are so dangerous and so huge that like no one lives there. Dude, and there's th- gators. So there's gators, but there's also, like, fucking Oliphants and shit. I was like, oh, fuck. Snapping yeah. turtles. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm so, I'm like, I'm so ready for it that I'm ready to play the first game. <laughs> and then, like, the fact that, yeah, they, they're straight up just like, yeah, here's, like, post-apocalyptic San Francisco. Have fun with that shit. I was like, I can't oh, wait to look oh, for where yeah. my house used to be. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I got really excited for that. And it's also, yeah, it's because we're San Francisco natives, but still, like, this, it just, I called it. I said this is like, oh, I was very close. I was like, oh, PS5 launch title, it makes more sense than God of War, it makes more sense than Spider-Man. Ironically, we got a Spider-Man, but it's not the Spider-Man everyone thought was going to be the Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's like a different Spider-Man, it's like a, it's a, a sub-Spider-Man. Um, but I am, like, so positive this is gonna be the same release date as the first one where it's february but it's february 2021 so we'll get it within three months of the launch which is why i think ratchet comes out after so you'll get uh spider-man on launch and then a couple months later you get horizon and then later on either in the summer or the fall you get ratchet and that's like already a very that what i liked about sony's conference was all of their exclusive all their exclusives are coming out in the first span of like basically the first year of the game console and then when they come out with their next uh next year's event where it won't have this many games i guess probably just due to it's not like launch anymore that's when we start seeing the here's what's down the road big ps5 like first party you start seeing you see God of War 2, you might see either Spider-Man 2 or uh, potentially, like I said, either like Re- Resistance Remastered or Resistance 4 or Sunset 2, but you also see, um, I don't even, I, I, it's at this point where I can't remember all the different studios at this, uh, uh, there's just too much going on that I have to like look think about it all again, and I'm just like, okay, I'll do that later. I, I can't do it right now. I did like that throughout this entire PlayStation reveal or not reveal uh i guess kind of 
the the whole events like so many of the reveals were from playstation studios yeah they, they did a really good job there and that was kind of like their playstation studios logo i was hoping maybe when the game starts up maybe it'll be like the uh specific animations or something i'm not really sure styles but or it could just be playstation studios like it showed there but we'll see um yeah horizon was awesome and then what do they do after that james which i will say also in the middle they did show more of the controller which is cool yeah uh but now we got the full i knew it was going to happen the minute they showed the controller and they were kind of teasing it i was like they're they have to show the console i was right i knew they were going to show the console and they showed us the console and i the minute i saw it i straight up i kid you not the first two things I thought was, oh, it's like a cool tower thing. But also, I just went, future! <laughs> I saw <laughs> you post like, that. I laughed I was so like, that hard. is the most appropriate. It just looks fucking future. I knew right when they showed the white and black of the controller, I was like, it's fucking futuristic looking. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. And what, what it, was, it looks like a fucking futuristic space thing from space that so... also looks like a router. But <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, so two people have ruined the design for me. Like, I initially, when I first saw it, was just like, oh, that's weird. But, like, so Alana Pierce tweeted out that it looks like she's like, oh, cool. I needed another router. It's like, oh. everyone's been saying that, dude. It's like, everyone like, said that router. at the same time. That was like a universal thing. She was, she was just among the masses. And then, like, Jared Petty, uh, I guess superimposed the ps5 over the tower of sauron and so yeah that was was like holy fuck that looks so fucking perfect um brian altano earlier posted a picture of or he he commented on a picture that shows uh multiple consoles side by side by side everything from i think ps3 to ps5 and 360 to xbox one uh, xbox size comparisons and it's Dude, it's, it's taller, way bigger than I thought. It's it was skinnier, be. but it's taller. And what I love about it is, honestly, is, okay. So this is where the Sauron Tower comes in because it's very similar to another specific building that's in San Francisco. Uh, so uh, the Transamerica building? No, um, which also is in Horizon. Though that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so the PS Five is like the it's the it's the tallest. It's not the fattest. Definitely the tallest. It's very skinny. Uh, but it's very tall compared to all the others. And if you look at the skyline of San Francisco, the specific building that stands out now that's the tallest, and it's apparently the tallest west of the Appalachian Mountains, is the Salesforce Tower, which uh, also, yeah. honestly, on Halloween, I can't remember if it was just on fire, it just had a fire look, or if it actually did it, but it actually looks like, not in terms of the full design, but in just terms of the, the shape uh, and the top perfectly, look like Baradur, which is uh, Sauron's tower in Mordor, in Lord of the Rings. And it perfectly, the top of uh, Salesforce just looks like it could have the eye of Sauron, which I still, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, it's Baradur. It's uh, it's the fucking tower of Sauron. It's like, per- it, it, it literally is, the, it is it's Sauron's tower and it's in San Francisco, which I kind of do love. Uh, and the PS5 just <laughs> looks like that too. And I'm just like, that's why I called it the tower. It felt like a tower, and it looks like that tower. I am completely fine with that. I love it. So it's my future thing, but it's also the tower, and it's also a router. It may be the first. <laughs> it may be the first console that I actually have to stand upright because if you've seen the pictures of it on its side, it looks fucking weird. 
I used, so I think I stood my 360 upright and I had my PS3 on its side, but this time around, my Xbox One S and my PS4 and my PS4 Pro have all been, um, they've all been uh, vertical. So I'm, I've kind of switched to the vertical game anyway, so I'm completely fine with both the, I mean, the Series X doesn't really go on its side. <laughs> I don't think it can, um, but that and the uh, PlayStation are both very much going to be vertical for me anyway. Uh, and the all right, the best the memes that come out of this, like Xbox had memes for the Series X, and now this one it was expected this one would go, and everyone's gone apeshit over it. Which I will say for people that made fun, like actually were like, I don't want this. That said that about the Series X and the PS Five, they're fucking end of the day, they're still gonna buy it. They're just basically bitching yeah they like bitch i may not be super jazzed on the design but i'm gonna buy it anyway because i'm excited for like yeah literally we just talked about the games for like an hour and a half or whatever we really did yeah it's been so, a while like, uh, I, I still excited. love it i love this design i, I actually I, I think it's ridiculously fun and i I, I want it <laughs> ign for the daily fix had like an explanation from the ceo of playstation i think or maybe it was sony like was he just like future? Well, yeah, like it was explaining what why they designed the PS5 to be that way. And it's like we wanted it to look like a piece of furniture. Like we wanted it to fit in your home decor. And if you not look just at the average pop. American's home, though, I know, right? Like they're, they're gonna like, be like, "This is the best looking thing in my house." That it makes everything else now not look good. Yeah, it's just weird that they're like, <laughs> "We wanted it to not just look like a box. We wanted it to like when it's not on and you're not playing it, it could just be like a piece of modern art that you display or whatever." It's like I will okay. say, Japan has bidets, so they probably are. Ha- they pro- their housing is probably more advanced than ours, so I'd believe that. I do. And also that's probably where it, their idea came from. I don't know if they did this on purpose, but if you notice that. Because the white parts are kind of like angled, it has like a V on the front, like a Roman numeral five. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Uh, but also with that V, <laughs> all right, there was like, I think it made like a Pope hat at one point. That was pretty good. But the one I was dying, this was the best one. Did you see the Kaiba one? Oh, the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where you put Kaiba's head on it, and it looks just so like Kaiba's outfit. I was like, dude, I might either... I'm either calling it... Uh, I'm either calling it something Lord of the Rings-ish, or I'm calling it the Seto Kaiba 5. I don't know yet, but it's just so perfect. It looks like Kaiba. I was laughing so hard yesterday. It was... Oh my god, that was the best shit. It's so... I love that so much. Dude, so, I know this guys, is probably you can either a long buy, shot. What? But do you think that like when the Avengers game comes out, they're gonna have like a PS5 special edition that looks like Avengers Tower? <laughs> I don't fucking. <laughs> I, I don't even. Oh, actually, that makes sense. I like the people are already making designs for the Miles Morales one. It's like black and red instead yeah. of white and blue, and I, I thought that, that was really it, cool. That would. I don't know which one cool. I'd want more though, because I do like space future, uh, but I also like the just more. Miles Morales. It just looks like it's pretty dope. Uh, I'm not sure if it if they actually gave that choice. I'm not sure what I would do, but it's also like I, I would I don't want the black Series X. Um, they're probably gonna do. It's like like I said, I'm working at Microsoft. I have no fucking idea what they're doing. Uh, I'm just saying what I think would be cool personally. Uh, it, it would like you know you either would have like the, you have the normal black one, 
Uh, you have, like, kind of what they did with Project Scorpio, uh, was, like, you know, there's a Project Scarlet edition, and it has, like, Scarlet probably in red, because it's Scarlet, and this makes sense. Uh, or, personally, I would like to see an olive green, probably, Halo uh, Infinite one, or something like that. You know, like, Halo, it's, if Halo's a launch title, I feel like you should have a Halo-themed Xbox as well. Uh, so if it was up to me, I'd, I'd get that, um, but... Yeah, when it comes down to it, guys, you can either pick a router or a mini fridge. Uh, the choice is yours. Uh, I'm not sure which one you want more. Uh, personally, I I think I want a router and a mini fridge, but I know not everyone can or wants to do that, so it's up to them. But that's what I will be doing personally. Uh, there is also, of course, uh, they showed... I, I forgot. They showed a, a digital edition. <laughs> yeah, what do you think yeah, about it's, that? I, I think it's cool. I have no interest in it because I still like discs and I have a lot of discs. So I'm still mostly transitioning completely to not completely to digital, uh, but pretty much the vast majority of games I'm kind of going digital with now. Uh, I'm kind of, I think first party Sony I'm sticking with for physical, but if it's like I've already bought like Assassin's Creed Origins and Syndicate and... Uh, odyssey on digital i got south park digitally i think shadow of war is digital um titanfall no that was disc uh so it's like i'm more and more kind of switching and if it's uh, specifically to a game i didn't buy right off the bat day one then it's probably something i'll wait and get digitally on a sale too so for the most part i think i'll be switching digital i think the ps5 library of physical content i'll have will be the smallest which also does great because i'm honestly also running out of room in that area so um i still want the disc though i'd rather have the i, I want the option specifically i like having yeah. the option so for me it's going to come down to the price like i'm so, guessing a hundred dollar difference so that's the thing like if it if it's like a hundred bucks i might and it also i guess depends on how expensive the base console is anyway like if it's a difference between like it being five hundred dollars and six hundred dollars like yeah. 600 bucks is a little bit expensive and I like personally don't do physical media that often. I would like to have the option, especially since like the the one on the PS5 is going to be a ultra 4K Blu-ray player or 4K ultra Blu-ray player, whatever. Like so I would like to have that ability to have the ability to play like the highest quality disc-based movies to have the best experience that I can on my 4k TV. But if it literally saves me like a hundred bucks and that's just a thing that I might use sometimes, like I might just go for the digital one. Cause that's like I was, I've said before, like most of the games I buy nowadays are digital. No, that makes so. honestly most people, I mean, a lot of my friends also, uh, always ask me like, why the fuck are you getting a disc? Yeah. Uh, they, they, they're like shocked they people were shocked when i got the disc for modern warfare <laughs> they were actually like what's wrong with you and i was like i just fuck i don't know i just want to call of duty i didn't think about it and i wanted this it's, it was easier on amazon i don't know um i for sure like i said for sure i'll get physical um but i think so my prediction was it was going to be 500 dollars uh, originally with now there being two versions, and seeing as how probably the digital edition might be more popular, probably, I am assuming that might be $399, and the disc one is $499, or potentially, uh, just so they still say they're low prices, 
the the disc one could be five ninety nine. I'm seeing anywhere from basically four to six hundred for these consoles. I think for sure, for sure, I can almost guarantee. I feel like it, it would be insane if one wasn't five hundred dollars. I think for sure one will be five hundred dollars. It's just the question is: is that the lower one or is that the higher one? Yeah. If Sony wants to freaking blow minds. They say that's the higher one, and they go digital one's only four hundred dollars, and everyone's gonna be like, ah! they're gonna that lose would be their insane. shit. They will lose their shit. That will that will be such a big, uh, what is it? Feather in the cap? Is that what they call it? Yeah, feather in the cap. Uh, yeah. That would be very big for them. Um, but I still, I think the main disc consoles for both plat for both like Xbox and PlayStation. I'm guessing once again. I'm just assuming they're both 500. I've come to terms with it. I already I figured I'm spending a thousand plus tax. I, that's what I assumed. So I'm still fine Probably with that. Like I'm 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 sold either way. But uh, it I'm curious to see, and I feel like I feel like for Xbox we'll find out in July because um, I feel like that's when they do all their first parties. They may as well. I, I could be wrong again. I have no idea. Uh, Sony, I feel like they'll probably do around the same time, or either July or August. They'll reveal the price. Uh, because now both can just kind of keep putting out piece by piece if they want to. And of course, also, they showed us a media remote, a headset, and a charger for the controller. Um, which I'll probably at least buy the charger. We'll see about the other stuff. I think I might also get the media remote, just because I know I'll be using the PS5 probably for also Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, uh, Netflix, uh, basically every single fucking streaming service. So I would probably get the headset. Just because, like, my old PlayStation headset is, like, the the leather stuff around the cuffs is falling off. Uh, gotcha. Although it's probably not real leather. <laughs> I used to have a PlayStation headset, but I those won't be... Uh, so I, I don't want to do any first-party headsets from any anymore just because I want to have a headset that universally works with my PC, mm. PlayStation, and Xbox. So yeah. I'd probably still go third-party with, like, either Steel Arctis or Astro, probably. So... Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I just think that like since Sony is trying to strive so hard to deliver like really high ecosystem? quality audio. Oh, that is and, true with the I think they, other though I will say I think third party will probably try to keep up with oh, it. For sure. And it's just like the fact that this the this headset is literally they've already said it's like a 3D audio headset. So, yes, that was I did like that. Because that's the thing. Like, I've been using my Bose headphones on my PlayStation recently, and it works fine as stereo headphones, but I don't think they can do 3D audio. So it would be nice to have a, a headset that actually can. Oh, you just have stereo? That's gross. It works fine, but it's not it's like... nasty. No, it's not right. I, I like... Wanna... Man, I turn in my game, and I can hear shit only on the right, and I can hear it like, specifically on like, the right corner and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is great. Like... I just want to experience what Mark Cerny was talking uh, talking about in the last event, where he was just like, "It's truly game changing." Mm, okay. All right. So let me just run down. We'll just run down the line of all the games. Um, I'm not gonna include GTA because it's like you know it's already been a thing. But I'll run through and like I said, uh, not interested, interested, sold. All right. All right. So uh, Spider Man. Sold. Sold. Gran Turismo 7. Pass. Not interested. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Sold. Sold. Uh, Project Athea. Interested? Interested as well. We're pretty much the same for most of these. Stray. Sold, probably. Interested. Uh, Returnal. 
Sold. Sold. Sackboy, a big adventure. Uh, not interested. Interested. Uh, Destruction, all stars. Mm, interested. Interested. Kina, bridge of spirits. Interested. Interested for now. Uh, goodbye, Volcano High. <laughs> yeah, probably not interested. Not interested. Ghostwire Tokyo. Interested. Interested. Uh, Jet the Far Shore. Not interested. Maybe interested. I'm, not, I'm still not sure. Godfall. K- kind of interested. Remotely interested. Solar Ash. Very interested. Uh, interested. Hitman 3. Honestly, probably not that interested. Not interested either. Uh, Astro's Playroom. I mean, only interested because it's free. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> uh, Deathloop. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I skipped ahead there. Little little Devil Inside. Very interested. Interested. Uh, NBA 2K21. Pass. Not interested. Bug Snacks. Uh, I'm going to just say at le- I'm at least interested. I'm interested for sure. Uh, Demon Souls. Oh, uh, fucking sold. Interested. Deathloop. Uh, very interested. Interested. Resident Evil 8 The Village. Interested. Probably interested. sold, honestly. Interested depending on how I feel about the rest of the series. Uh, Pragmata. Very interested. Confused, but interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Fucking sold. Sold. I haven't even played the first one, but fuck it. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Alright, so James, uh, I think we... That was, that, was, that was good. We did it. We're already over three hours in. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the other shit. Ready to keep going? Want to just say fuck it? Yeah, let's at least get through, like, one thing each. Alright. Uh, like, we'll I do it. I'll let I'll, you... I'll, I'll let you rant about, uh... The Witcher? The Witcher, finally. Finally. After... How many episodes have I been wanting to do this? for so, Pretty much since quarantine started. So ever since we started going weekly is when I wanted to do this. Ah, where to begin? That's a good thing I wrote down. I put down, like, all the different points. Uh, so, alright. The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. Let's start with this story this game holy shit so the story for for someone who hasn't read the books who hasn't played the previous two games where i kind of skimmed what happened in the other two uh it was a very it wasn't hard to get into like it was very friendly like i missed all that stuff too and i thought it was like just totally fine to jump into yeah, and especially, I will also say it did help watching the Netflix series before this. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. A li- okay, just because it, it did help you understand, okay, who's Siri, who's Dandelion, who's Jennifer, and not really who's Triss, that just pissed me off. Uh, it made me get, <laughs> if anything, Triss in the game made me get angry at Triss in the show. Uh, but uh, it, it really was, as a story itself, just in terms of this progression of these characters, uh, the world you're in, it was so rich and lush with just life. And the amount of detail in every area was amazing. I could not believe just as... Like like I said, I, I don't normally play a game in a late entry, especially in the last entry of this whole thing. And coming into it, I was like, holy shit, I'm, like, in it so much. I I cared 
not knowing the like not really knowing everything that happened previously i was already invested in everyone i was invested in what was going on the story being unfolded just because like you have this thing with the wild hunt going on and they're trying to end the world pretty much and take something uh big here and running through uh going on the main missions to these big side missions to just really random encounters and adventures you find along the way from just question marks and other things i i couldn't believe just how just how much detail was just in every single point and i really did love that um just the writing too uh everything from the dialogue to the overall story itself i thought was really well written i could not believe how um just how much it would have me invested. Dude, I, I got I'm like probably wicked just kind of invested myself, in that, but the conflict with Skellige. Yes. Or, or like you go it, to Skellige and they're like vying for like who should be the new like head. Who's king? Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's like Sea Scotland. I love that. It was so, or not Sea Scotland. It was like a com- It felt like a combo of Scotland and uh, Scandinavia a little bit because yeah. you had a little bit of both styles together. Uh. Yeah, it was, oh my god, it was just amazing. I, I really just love the story itself. And the characters, uh, well, I guess a little bit more on the story. Um, uh, the ar- They had very clear arcs of kind of like each region was its own arc in terms of kind of how far you've gotten as a player. Oh, yeah. And you see that from going and starting in Velen to then getting into the, what was it, the like um, Novigrad and the free, t- free, t- the free Marches, I think is what it was called. I could be wrong in terms of that area specifically, but Novigrad is like the second, the big city you go to and all its surrounding area. And then third, you get to Skellige. And then after that, you kind of get into the, the end game portion where it's like, Oh shit, everything's culminating and everything else. But I really love the layout they have that each, like I said, each region is an arc that you get to. And as you level up with it, it just kind of fits perfectly. So it's not that, they're basically going you can't do this it's like i mean you, you can't because you know if you go there it's going to be harder and you're not going to be able to do it if you keep progressing your story and just really figuring out the learning about the area you're in and what, what's going on what's happening with the bloody baron what's happening with everyone else uh you you really learn what your character what Geralt plays for all of these different stories that are happening whether it's like because the cool thing about it is, as the Witcher, you're being an emotionless uh, character. You're making these stories happen, but you're also, um, I guess, spectating them at the same time. If that makes sense, you're kind of watching them yeah. unfold well, as you take like, part in them. People will pay Geralt to like handle these things, but he doesn't ever seem to get personally involved. He's just like, yeah, I'll do it for money because I'm a Witcher. Yeah, and I guess getting more into then yeah the characters themselves like Geralt, I most okay for me RPGs I like that I make my own character that I design my character that's basically how I want to be it's like me somewhat in a, one way or another, and I just run through and it's just like yeah this is me in this world and I just run around and do this shit. This is not that because you are Geralt of Rivia, Witcher of the Wolf School, and you are already established in a shit ton of books that are pre-written you're not really making that adventure yourself this is already something that's happened 
uh, and then you have two other games, especially if you didn't play, then that's even more, that's even less of you in this game. And it's him as a character and his stuff going on. But it's still, in this specific game, it's your version of him as these events progress, which I did, I do like that balance because um, there is a lot of choice you do have, whether it's uh, with key characters or honestly the actual story of the game, because you do get to choose that. And with Geralt, I found myself just because, I mean, also when I do play as a character, I, I'm not going to lie, I do like, I like playing characters that are very similar to me. Uh, at least when you look at a multiplayer uh, game or something like in Gears of War, like I always kind of went towards Dom because I'm like, yeah, it's the Latin dude and I'm a Latin. It's just fucking, it just works out like that. And sometimes I chose Baird, which didn't make any sense, but fuck it. It was funny. Um... With this, though, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like this basically do that. I mean, it's made by Polish people. <laughs> it's a Polish game. And Geralt's this white dude that's literally has white hair and stuff. And I'm like, ah, okay. And I know a shit ton of other games you play is whatever. Like, it's just like, but they're usually like more adventure, open world games and stuff. It's not necessarily an RPG. And this kind of was a big difference between both that and the regular, I guess, Bethesda RPGs that I normally play, I guess you would say, or Dragon Age, and even kind of Mass Effect, I don't know. but uh, this just, oh my god, I love, I love Geralt, I love the character I'm, like, kind of built with him, and ran through the story with him, and watching him now on the show, too, just, it's a character I can easily get invested in, and one I want to learn so much more about, and I, and even for a character that's kind of not much about him just because he's this kind of to an extent a one note monotone emotionless character who still does have emotion where it does count and you do see that unfold because he does he like he does still do things that are heartfelt and and non-greedy he very clearly does still care for like yennefer and tris and definitely siri yeah and of course i I mean it's also how i chose to play as him too because i i just wanted a good Geralt. I didn't want to make something evil. It's just like when playing Infamous, I could not stand being yeah. evil pull because I, I tried to play like I couldn't live the, with my actions. I tried to play like the noble Witcher, where like anytime someone was like, "Oh, I don't have much, but I'll pay you this," I was like, "No, feed your family." Yeah, I always yeah I turned down money whenever I could, um, unless there was a really big asshole. Then I was like, "Give you extra money." Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I I really didn't. I wouldn't barter and do, like, the Witcher, um, uh, I guess, like, haggling. I, I would just go, yeah, whatever the lowest price, I don't care, it's fine. I also wasn't playing on the highest difficulty, so that probably also was a big thing, too, about it. I guess, you know, the harder things are, the, the more survival-ish you gotta get, which I wasn't doing. And, yeah, I, I just, I liked being good Geralt. And the choices I made were somewhat difficult of course when it came to uh female when it came to female characters but uh i ended up choosing certain things and which brings me into of course the female characters which i do want to talk about next um do i want to start with yennefer or tris i don't know uh, i guess i'll start with yennefer uh going on with her uh especially now like i said uh kind of watching the show and because uh, honestly, the show is the only thing I can really get with the characters. Though I did afterwards playing the game and 
uh, watching the show, I did look through kind of some certain like summaries with some of the books and some of the games and stuff, which Jennifer isn't in the first two games. She's only in the books. It's Triss that's in the other games and the books. Oh, I didn't even know um, that. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's why um, when you look on, I, I looked on like uh, forums, I guess, about people talking about everything. Uh, if you're a book fan and I would say like half of the game fans, they all chose Yennefer. If you're a book fan, you chose Yennefer just based mm. off of the full relationship you see unfold in the books. Uh, the very, it's actually a big minority that chose Triss uh, in terms of just, I guess, choosing one or the other and going through it. I, I liked Yennefer. Like you could tell, um, at first I was very much like at first, like, why is she so mean? Like she's kind of, she's kind of like, uh, kind of a dick sometimes, but I, it, like, still a very well-designed character, but I understood at a certain point, kind of seeing how this relationship unfolded, especially kind of seeing their origin in the show, I got that it was like, oh, they're like that because it's like, I look at the way some of my friends are in the city with me, like, we're complete assholes to each other. And I'm like, oh, it's because they know each other so well, they just do this, but they know each other, and that's why they act like that. And I was like, okay, that kind of, that makes sense, I get that. Uh, even though it seems a lot of characters basically were like, yeah, aren't you her dog? And I was like, damn, what the fuck happened with these two characters in the books? Damn, that's crazy. Uh, but uh, overall, I was like, honestly, especially seeing the the very big motherly quality she had towards Siri, like she really did care for her. And apparently like how what happens that bridges the books to the game was like, okay, yeah, Yennefer is, like, a very selfless character when it comes to Geralt, when it comes to Ciri, and she, like, loves them pretty much, like, to the point where she'll die for them, easily. And, uh, I did, of course, like, that she's pretty much, like, one of the more powerful mages, for sure. Uh, she, she also is very much a diplomat, to an extent, I guess, because it seems like she's uh, looking at the other mages, she's kind of the black sheep that stands out from them. Yeah, it, I got the impression that the rest of the, uh, magical order, whatever they're called, like, they tend to stay out of people's issues. Yeah, or they, they're usually, they honestly seem, uh, at least, uh, when it came to, um, holy shit, how did I forget her name? Uh... But the the main witch that was blind for a good amount of time, uh, she was, uh, they were very cunning in terms of, like, they actually got really heavy into politics to a point where uh, Yennefer was, like, she was, it seems like she did it because she had to, but she didn't want to, especially kind of, like, how they talk about it near the end and stuff. But I really did like her character. I just like Triss more. <laughs> um, yeah. Which brings me into Triss, and she does seem like a more, I don't want to say less, like you could, you feel a different maturity level where Yennefer does feel a bit more mature than Triss, but Triss definitely like it, I look through a lot, a lot of stuff to the point where it seems like as Yennefer is the motherly figure to Ciri, Triss is like that older sister figure to Ciri. And uh, Triss's story, like, apparently like you know she goes the first two games she's with you for a lot of it and you i guess you like build a relationship with her but she doesn't she sort of tells you but not enough about yennefer and that you were with her pretty much like throughout the books and everything because you're kind of like you suffered from amnesia apparently from the books to the game you don't really remember everything from before 
And Witcher 3 is where your memory is back. So you remember everything from the game and the books. Which was, uh, I guess, like the kind of the big thing. It, which, for us, not playing and reading everything else was like, oh, okay. Whereas, I guess, yeah. where, where, if you did all of it, you're like, oh my god. And uh, so that's why, like, he leaves Triss and all this stuff. And uh, you find her again in Novigrad and she's, like, uh, out on her own and stuff. But... Uh, kind of the interactions I have with her and just just because also I didn't read the books I didn't play the other games uh, I guess but she seemed much more just um, I don't know there was a there was a more social like you look at Yennefer and you do feel more of an introvert there whereas you look at Triss and you feel like that's the more extroverted character and I just like the extrovert more uh, where she was more out there and she did feel that she there was a sunshine feeling over her and stuff like that and um also i mean i'm not gonna lie redheads dude <laughs> it's like uh but i uh, it was i i did like the full mission she had because she was very much like i want to free my everyone that's also magic from the city that's basically crucifying yeah. magic people and it's a very selfless cause that she's doing and she she's basically looking at the greater good of more of the group than the the individual to the point where you can choose to help her or not and everything else and of course i helped her but it was it was very much just like this whole thing of um trying to figure out to it along the way because at first it's like you can do like the full romance crap and stuff and then Yennefer comes into play afterwards, though, and then you're like, oh, I don't know what to do and stuff. And that was me for a good amount where I just actually <laughs> was trying to figure it out because I was like, oh, my God, I just want what's best for Geralt. Like, I, I, I love this boy now and I just want, like, complete happiness for this guy. And I was trying to figure it out. And that's I, I even started watching videos. I was like, oh, OK, because I got to see stuff explaining things from books and the previous games to understand more of the background to where these characters are coming from. And why certain dialogue trees come up that kind of reference these past experiences. Just to kind of expand myself more so I'm not kind of blinking out going, the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Uh, overall, ended up feeling like Triss was a better fit, at least this time around. Like I said, not really knowing all of the previous history to like the full depth, full extent that others would. But overall, I would say these two characters were really well done to a point where I guess I looked up a thing where if you try to romance them both... They act like they're going to be like, yo, threesome. And then they tie you up and leave you and say, fuck yeah, off. That happened to <laughs> and me. I, thought, and I, was I was like, like oh, that's. Oh, you so you tried to. Are you serious? Dude, I literally, I did. It did not occur to me that they would be smart enough to think about that in terms of like the, um, the writing for the game. You nasty man. Cause like it literally, uh, so many other RPGs I've, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. So many RPGs I've played literally just like they don't, really take into account if you romance everyone like mass effect like look at mass effect you can romance it like pretty much everyone like i think you can only have sex with one person but it's just like i don't know i thought it was really interesting that they were like hey yeah if you try to play both women they catch on because they're not stupid and they fucking leave you yeah and i thought I watched that later on because it was like after I chose Triss, I, I kind of wanted to see all the different alternate cutscenes you would do with like I guess with Yennefer and then if you chose both or whatever. And I saw that and I was laughing so hard. I was like, "Dude, 
If that happened to me in game and I was like, I didn't have a good save point, I'd be so salty. I'd be like, no, what have I done? I was like, I was very, it made me also feel good. Cause I was like, oh, thank God. I, I, I knew to just choose one and it worked out in the end and I was like, awesome. But uh, yeah, it, was, it was just really fun just kind of learning about both of those characters and uh, you also see other characters like I guess I won't really go into them but like Hira Metz was really cool as like the first uh, sorceress to kind of interact with this in, the, in this one and I think she's only in the games as well or in the, the books too I could be wrong um, and then of course there's Siri and Siri uh honestly was a really cool character especially too when you get to play as her uh, i really like the flashback uh missions where you just kind of play with her style because she had the cool teleportation gameplay yeah so that was, was cool. uh, that was really tight and learning her story too kind of going through it because you see like um like i said my only interaction has been with the show and she's a girl on the run the whole time whereas this one she's like i'm pretty much a witcher in my own right and I can hunt monsters, and I have a sword, and I could take care of myself, and she has been, it seems like, for a long time, since she apparently is the one that rescued Geralt and Yennefer from death, basically. And, uh... I, I really... It, it, I, I realized how invested I was when I got to her the island where she was at, and you see her, like, potentially dead after the dwarves talk to you about it. And I was just like, oh my god, I, I was actually genuinely gen, genuinely worried uh, when you kind of see potentially that she might not be alive anymore. And even though I barely played as her, barely seen her, and you could just tell, I, I think the biggest thing I learned was that interaction between them and probably the interaction with the, the players that have gone through the entire series. Because also, besides Yennefer, dude, Siri isn't in the first two games either. She's only in this one, too. Huh, so, for book readers, probably, that read the books and then played the games, to get Yennefer and Siri in this and just having them interact was probably so... Um, I would, I'm, I Honestly, I would imagine it's an emotional moment for them. I was, like, to a certain extent, but I, I can only imagine how crazy it was. But I, I, I loved her story, especially um, when she gets to Skellige. Uh, her interactions, I felt really bad because she interacts with that, uh, I forget what that Skellige guy, his name is, but he ends up, like, dying and you find him as Geralt. You just find him dead originally, and then you see, like, he's alive before with oh, Siri. Oh, yeah. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh, damn, and Siri finds out, and you have... That's what I love about this game. It doesn't go, oh, okay, you found her. Let's go end the game and do the end game shit. It goes, hey, can I... Could we just go and... He, you find out he's dead and she's like can we go just see his grave i just want to pay my respects and it like launches this whole other like sub portion where she kind of learns some more stuff and honestly the crazy thing too is she watches you and the choices you make that she sees you do or the interactions you have with her determine the ending of kind of what happens yeah that's and another thing i, I really did not see coming I, I really love that because I, 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 James, I made all the right choices. It was great. Uh, I, and also, I'm not going to lie, I was like, when I'm a parent, I should trust my child. And I was, I was like, <laughs> um, I, I, I really liked, um, I really liked the ending because of 
like it, it does even show like flashbacks all the big moments you have that kind of make that happen because at first I, I thought about it i think the one ironically that um i was so teetering on was like yo should we fucking mess with this dude's place like avalak uh after he basically kind of fucked you over and i'm just like you know fuck it dude he 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 seems like a very monotone dude anyways break his shit <laughs> and broke a shit ton of his stuff uh, or like um when you eavesdrop on the thing and it's like hey should we be listening to siri or like do we need to go in there for her and you're just like no uh she can do this herself and stuff uh or um i forget what the other one was but just kind of going through all those interactions um i would say really made me want I, I just really love the characters so much to the point where like i know they said they're making another witcher game and i don't think it would be with siri just because it as much as i'd love it i, I feel like both of those characters kind of wrap up very nicely uh with this game and uh even though if they did another witcher game i, I feel like it would more so be like a adventure for siri not necessarily a continuation of her story just because i think that the book kind of closed on it very nicely um but i also could be wrong i don't know uh I, I maybe come back to me again on it when i go through everything else which i'll get to later on but i do, I do want to go through a couple more characters um just real fast i know there's a lot of them but i just want to i think the main ones mainly just uh specifically um dandelion and yeah. uh vesemir uh so dandelion james that fucking <laughs> this fucking guy uh i loved this character he was such a he's the way he talks you're just like okay the show got him pretty much spot-only accurate like that's probably the most accurate character besides Geralt being an emotionless man but holy shit dandelion is hilarious i love how just this dude is as cunning as it gets where he's just like i'm gonna spin a tail and i have all these issues and all these women hate me <laughs> just just like okay okay this fucking guy see like i you can clearly see just with their first interaction because you have to rescue his ass and they're talking about hey you have to bail him out again shows how many times throughout the books and the, the probably even uh, i guess the games uh previously how many times you just have to go through and basically the mission is rescue dandelion in the books you're going to read about how Geralt rescued dandelion hey did i mention about the time you rescued dandelion <laughs> and oh my god i thought i, I was I, I loved it i love that he's just like this dude that keeps getting you into trouble but he's like has this char charisma where you're just like damn it i'll just keep getting you around even though i know you're literally no good uh even though you basically in this one, I guess he's the most tame because they're saying like he's changed. He's becoming more rooted and he's not trying to be a womanizer and um, he's settling down uh, with a specific uh, girl. And uh, it, it also shows like how m this game has progressed in terms of the story, but also with the books where you do feel like it's a mature, like I guess Geralt, I don't think he's older like he looks older in this one that much but like you can you can see how as the games grew uh or as the the series grows like this is the culmination of just like it's a very mature in terms of just the characters themselves how they are and I really do like that and in it, it 
everything I mentioned, I feel like it, it just shows what I'm hinting at at the end here of what I want to do, but I'll just keep going. Uh, Vesemir James, I thought he was, uh, he was really cool. Uh, I did like that he's this, pretty much this guy that's been around since the books, gone through with the games, and he's your mentor, and he's your father figure, and he does all this stuff, which I bet, I guess, with everyone was incredibly just heartbroken when he gets killed, especially sacrificing himself for Siri. Yeah. Um, so, cause it was, I thought it seemed like a big moment and I did feel sad, but I can tell, I was like, I can't imagine how terrible this was if I had been like throughout the entire, if I at least played both of the games, but even more so if I read the books too, uh, just being like, Oh shit, he's dead. Um, that I thought that was really what I wanted to mention mainly, but uh, otherwise, honestly, Oh, Philippa, that was the main mage's name. I just remembered now. The one that's like in charge that had like the, the the she couldn't see, right? But there is a ton of other characters, and they derive all the way from everything from uh, previous games or in previous books. But they're throughout the series. Some have been there since the beginning. It seems like, but there it's so rich with characters that if I we could honestly probably do an entire show just on the characters. Uh, that's how many there are and how deep it gets. But that's like the depth of this game. I'll keep going uh, through everything else, but. It was like I was saying before, the world is so, like the world and the missions and the scale specifically, uh, go through to the point where if you watch, if you play like, I guess I keep comparing it, but like Skyrim and Fallout 4 probably, uh, you go through and they do have some cool things that tell the story of like maybe a place you went into, but it's like, look, it's skeleton <laughs> and then maybe a note on a computer or like a, another note or something. And you're like, oh, Okay. Where is every mission you find here is a unique character that doesn't look like another character. Yeah. And brings through an entire story around that character. And you're just, you get their history. You Like, they talk about things to the point where, like, there's, like, a hunter who's like, I can't find my wife. And you help him find his wife. And it turns out he killed her. And it was her sister because uh, that kind of fucked it over because, basically, he's a werewolf. And... She lured his sister, uh, his wife, her sister, to him because she knew, well, he's a werewolf. He won't notice that it's his wife. So he, she could get her sister killed so she could marry him later because she knew of how good of a man he was as a human. Damn. And, like, there's a whole thing and he finds out and he's like, I'm going to kill you for this. And you have to choose to either save this woman who fucked this shit up. Or this guy who immediately at this moment in this time is going to kill this woman. Yeah. And you have to make that choice. And that's like the choice of this mission. You're basically, that's the outcome of this. And it's like a, a small story gets wrapped up. And that's just a story among all these other stories in this game that you just kind of find all over the place. Or you find out because you went to an information board and stuff. And all these little small stories have their own outcomes you could do where it like changes things like not necessarily for the bigger overall thing, but like it's a choice you can make and the amount of choices and the amount of detail is just insane where I've never seen it in another game before like this. Like this was a game that kind of changed a lot for me. Uh, and then of course uh, the sound and the graphics I thought were amazing. Um, you just the distinction, especially all the different creature sounds. I loved it. And the amount, the, the amount of work they put into the world where you just kind of hear everything around it 
around you as you move was really, really good. It just, it really immerses you into the experience to a point where, yeah, you can fast travel, and I do a lot, but there were areas where I'm just like, I'm just going to travel and enjoy this because there's just a lot to a lot to listen to on the way, as well as see, of course. And I really did like that a lot. Um, I guess I should... I, 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 it, like I said, I had to kind of just cut the characters down just because there's so many and it just kind of go through it to a certain point. But uh, I do want to talk about, James, the DLCs. Uh, did you play the DLCs or just the base game? Nah, I, I own the DLCs, but I never actually got around to playing them. I should probably at some point when I find time go back and do another playthrough of The Witcher just so I don't get, like, the worst ending, literally. Okay. And, and then, like, while I'm at it, do the DLCs. Gotcha. So, I played Heart of Stone, which was the smaller expansion. Um, it actually brings in the character you first meet in the beginning of the the, the main game. Uh, James, remember there was a guy that kind of tells you where you first can find Yennefer when you go to that first town? I want to see He's like a really weird guy. So it turns out that dude is not what he seems because he comes into this and they call him the Man of Glass. And it's a very, it's a very kind of creepy name because it's a guy with a very, very, very scary background. Honestly, he's probably the scariest character in the game. Uh, he basically goes, hey, I helped you. Now you have to help me. Otherwise, all this shit's going to happen. Um, or actually, I think he helped you free of charge the first time. Uh, but what happens is uh, you find out about this dude that's like kind of rich. And he has a weird band of these kind of rogues. And he has you kill like a frog prince where you're like, oh, no, it's a giant frog in a sewer. And it's like these dudes come in. Hey, you've killed our prince. And you're like, what? And it turns into a dude. And you're like, oh, and they arrest you and take you away. Oh, that's funny. And it's like dudes that look like um, they look like they're kind of based off. They're influenced by like a Turkish background. But they're basically like taking you overseas and to another country that you've probably never seen in the books or the games. And you're like, oh, fuck, is it going to be a whole new region and stuff? And then this man Glass comes in on the boat and is like, hey, I can help you out. Do you want me to help you out? And he's like, what's the catch? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I'll tell you, he'll die for sure if you go this way. But with me, you may have a chance. And he's like, all right, fuck it. And basically... His way of getting you out is having a giant storm that basically kills you and I mean, almost kills you, but kills like everyone else on the ship except for like some of these uh, Turkish like dudes. And you basically have to fight them on a beach on the still like shore of where you were previously in the game. And when you take them down, you eventually like get back to where you were and uh, you find out from the man of glass where he's like, all right, now you have to do me a favor. You have to basically just get this guy to... Uh, make three of his wishes or something he he has three demands because he's been immortal forever and he can't be mortal anymore because that he's basically been like cheating the deal i made with him and he has three requests you have to grant them and then when you when you do that he will basically have to uh submit and give his life back so he like dies i guess hmm. and you go through and it goes from it's pretty crazy there's like a new love interest uh that you can you can choose whether or not you want to kind of, I guess, hang out with. Because apparently she's from the first game. And it's kind of like, hey, yeah, whatever, whatever. And uh, I 
you hang out with that character and she's just part of like part she kind of helps you out throughout the expansion but she's in just parts for the most part she she's like one main story where you take the the this guy that you're trying to get his wishes granted you have to go to his dead brother's grave and have him still have his, the party of his life so you do a full like uh um seance bring him back sort of and then he inhabits your body you go to a wedding and basically just fuck around the whole time but he's like controlling you so it's like ridiculous Geralt and it's so much it's so ridiculous it's really fun it just like kind of it really expands a lot on the character and then it's also kind of like a date night with you and this other character um I want to say her name was um uh Shari I want to say I, I could be wrong, uh, but it it was honestly really cool. And what what gets scary is like after you do this, I think you do a heist as well. There's a really cool heist uh, that has like you know you have the choice where it gets to a point where it's like do you keep with the guy you did a heist with or the guy that you're stealing from? Either way, you kind of get what you need, but it's like they'll give you different outcomes, and it was actually really cool. And I love that. And I forget what the third part was, but uh, it gets to a point where you do get the wishes done. The man, of the man of glass comes there, and then the oh, you have to like do this crazy thing where you go through a painting. That was the one, and you find out the backstory of this character, and it makes you kind of hate him, but at the same time not, because he kind of did this fucked up shit where he kind of gets to the position he's in now. And you kind of see someone he fucks over royally, and you feel really bad for her. Uh, but you kind of lift the curse for her and save her. But uh, it's like kind of the end of the story, and you then choose. Do you want to stop the man of glass from taking this guy's life away? He'll be mortal either way. He She makes him mortal, but it's like, do you want him to die or not? Hmm. And... If you choose, so if you if you go, yeah, fuck it, let Man of Glass kill him, then it kind of it just ends. But I, I didn't do that one. I, I I was like, fuck it, let's save him. And he puts you through this crazy portal to like you have to go through these areas, and he's like talking to you from the sky, and there's like fake shit and real shit, and it's really weird. And also the music, the music that just surrounds this character is just also really creepy because it, it does bring this thing of just like do you know who this man is how old he is of what he can do like i'll, I'll put it i'll just i don't want to spoil it too much but i'll just say like um at one point you're in this tavern and this guy keeps inner he's there with you and this guy keeps interrupting to a point where he gets annoyed he stops time around you and he goes and just puts a fork into the man and kills him because he goes, he was annoying me. And just, like, ends his life. And then, like, when time starts again, you just see this dude straight up just die in real time. And you're just like, oh! And everyone's like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> the huh. fuck? And, yeah. And basically, this dude's, like, some dark god power being. Like, he he's like, um... <sighs> Remember the devil in Red Dead Redemption 1? No. Oh, well, the devil's in Red Dead Redemption 1. Uh, he was like that. Weird. I definitely played that game. Yeah. Uh, huh. Just look it up on YouTube later. It's uh, it's pretty interesting seeing that mission. But uh, it was like that, but there's more 
development with that. It's not just like, oh, it's like a side mission. This is like, oh, this is a whole expansion about this. And I end up saving the guy, and um, he's like really grateful, and you get some cool armor shit um, and stuff. But and the man of glass eventually leaves because you bested him. And the the way you do it is really really clever. Like the this is like I would say the weaker expansion because of what comes next. But it was either way it was freaking awesome. I loved it. And the last one, I know this is I, I've been I'm sorry, James. Just so much to talk about the Witcher. I can't help it. Um, the next expansion is Blood and Wine. And this is so much bigger. You get an entire new region called Toussaint, which is like in the south. It's like in, um, it's almost like self-governed in the uh, Nilfgaardian territory. And uh, it's, it's almost like, I guess to describe it, it's like Tuscany, Italy, like countryside, even it though it's really it, pretty. It's um, it's it's also like the, the accents. Sometimes it feels French. Sometimes it feels Italian. I can't really tell, but it's about vampires, and I love that. It was like, oh shit, this is really cool, and it brings in this character called Regis, which um, if you play the games, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? But he has such an emphasis of holy shit, this character is alive. Like, hey, I thought you were dead. Oh my god, and it turns out there's this really big story in the books where he's actually a really big character that ends up um, dying in the books. And it's really sad when he dies. It's actually a really big impact in multiple... I think he's, like, in multiple books. And when he dies, it's like, oh, my God. And CD Projekt Red brings him back in this game, which I guess freaked book fans out, I'm sure. And it's a whole vampire story of, like, this vampire is killing everyone, and then it turns out this girl has been, like, the puppeteer behind the whole thing. And then you find out about the girl and her story. And um, I'm, it's like, I want to talk a little bit more about it. But since you didn't play it, I don't want to like give it all away. But basically, like uh, it gets to a point where you choose like there's multiple different endings in this one, too, because there's all there's this royalty you're working with. Um, but you're trying to solve this mystery. And then you get to a point where, well, do I help this vampire? Do I help this uh, uh kind of character that's very similar i'll just say this james uh remember renfrey in the show not by name but i, I probably recognize the face she was the first uh the the girl in the first episode that girl kills that's like the she's a princess that was born on like the black sun oh right 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 so yeah. th- i guess this was that was the in that first shorts in the first book that has like the short stories just like the first season, it's very early on. They revisit this in this one. Not with that character, but that kind of black sun-born thing to a point where you see someone else kind of fucked over in their story of why they're like what they are. Uh, and then you also get, like, really cool royalty. And um, I, the what you love about this, with this expansion is as part of your reward uh, for trying to fight this vampire is you get a basically like a vineyard house with a major domo who's like hi i'm your major domo i have these cool spectacles that are like these cool those like sunglasses from back then look like the ones that um gary oldman wore in bram stoker's dracula Mm. and uh it's so like i loved witcher wild hunt i loved blood and wine in terms of just like the beauty of this uh region like i don't think i've ever seen a more beautiful place in a game like uh, when i talk about settings my favorite 
world in terms of just like a world is probably Rapture from Bioshock. I just always loved the un- underwater thing. But in terms of holy shit world, like goddamn, this game has it. Uh, in terms of if I could choose any place to live, fucking too sought so fast oh my god it like it's it, it was to the point james i kid you not given the opportunity i'd be like all right in the future i either want to spend a very long amount of time in tuscany later on or i just need to buy a house in sonoma in wine country and just kind of have it's the next best thing because honestly california wine country is basically like the closest thing you're probably gonna get to tuscany um but I'm like, in the future, honestly, I would love to, like, I'm not even joking. Actually, I really do want to one day live in Sonoma, probably, or, like, somewhere in that area. Not necessarily have a vineyard. I don't want that shit. I just want, like, that cool Tuscan-themed house that's like, oh, this is so nice, and it's sunny and beautiful. I hope there's not a fire. Maybe, okay, maybe the fire. That's the only thing I'm worried about is fires. But uh, it, it was just the color, the, the, just everything about that world. I had never been so just, I guess, um what would you call it? Just love struck by it. It was just so beautiful. And the characters in it, like the story itself was just such a very powerful expansion that was standalone to the point where by the time I was like getting close to the end of the game, it felt like the Witcher 3 base game was a different game and a different time and a different story. Wow. Interesting. It was just so deep that I felt it felt so different. And because you have all these different characters, you don't have the same characters in this one. You have um, the Duchess, who's this beautiful, like the this uh, princess, and she is like the 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 leader of this kingdom. You have a other character that I don't want to get into because I don't want to spoil it too much. But she's like this darker character that has a very tragic past. You have this vampire that is like very kind of pissed off and <laughs> has also a somewhat tragic past, but it is also like ah oh, shit, this fucking dude's killing everybody. And then you have Regis, who's this other vampire who you've apparently known in the books and is this really, really awesome guy that you just want to keep knowing more and more about. And you have these couple knights that you help out. There's like a swan princess type story as well, uh, where there's a girl that... I'm not going to say much, but just think swan princess, James. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, And... uh, you got all these other sub stories too. You have like a vineyard war about these two families vying for a third vineyard and another vineyard that is, uh, it's like fucking closest thing to mob town and shit. And there's like piranha plants attacking people. Just watch out for these plants and, <laughs> and stuff and all this other stuff that's going on. And it, it has its own stories all over the place and really cool monsters that you're hunting uh, that kind of, it's like you're hunting for a monster and you find out that this guy's been cheating on his wife the whole time and you're like hey i found this monster also hey you've been cheating he's been cheating on you and you're like it's just so ridiculous uh and or maybe it was the other way around maybe she was cheating on him it was one or the other but it was either way i was cracking up and the i would say too one of the everlasting things that i sometimes still listen to it's some of the honestly it's one of the best things i've ever I love falling asleep too. Sometimes it's like a great thing to throw on my Spotify playlist, but there's a couple songs that you just have when you're going through the countryside and it's like sunset and you just have this, uh, kind of girl serenading you with this music as she goes and like the music's playing and stuff. And it's just like, Oh yes, it's the 
the Tuscan countryside on the sunset by the river. And it's just so pure, dude. I kid you not. It's just so fucking good. I love it so much. And by the end of it, um, it brings in whichever love interest you have. Uh, if you don't have the love interest, it brings in Siri. If you killed Siri, then it brings in Dandelion. So you know you fucked up if Dandelion's there, and you're just like, damn, oh. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So because I, I chose Triss, and for me, Siri's still alive, so I don't have to deal with Dandelion's ass, I had Triss there. And it kind of ends it all really nicely with like, uh, hey, I love this place, blah, blah, blah. And depending also on the character, like if, if it's Triss, I think... Um, you will come back there and you own this place, but you go to the north. Whereas if it's Yennefer, this is kind of that place in the epilogue they talk about where it's like, oh, you go and you just kind of stay at this place and stuff. And it's really cool. Uh, and that's pretty much the game. But at the end, what was really nice, or at least afterwards, I don't know if you've seen it, but I guess uh, afterwards, I guess it was the 10 year anniversary of the series they released a epilogue cutscene that just has like everyone in the vineyard uh, house with Geralt celebrating. Uh, and it's just like a nice little thing kind of showing everyone's still alive and they do see each other still because, you know, you're in a completely different place now and it feels weird not having all these characters you had in the base game with you now in this expansion. Um, but it, it does this very heartfelt thing that I honestly haven't really felt with most other games uh, in terms of characters, besides maybe like Uncharted, honestly. Uh, and it just, oh my god, it was, it, it honestly, it just made, it made me very, it just made me mush. I was like, this, I, I love this. To a point where I do want to say, uh, I can't now because I'm still going through um, some fucking George Rayo Martin books, and I still have like uh, some other books to read, but I really want to. This game has done a lot, so I'll say this for sure, James. Uh, this became my game of the year for 2015. It beat out Metal Gear Solid Five, which I did not expect. Really? Um, yeah, it, it's just it, it is for sure my 2015 game of the year easily. And not only that, it is easily in my top five games of the generation, for sure. I love this game that much, easily so much. I'm not too sure where it is on that list, because I also have to figure out where the fuck Destiny and Destiny 2 is on that list, but uh, I, I got to have both, I, mean, I don't know if I want that on both, but uh, it, it's, it's just so big for me, and then um, it, it made me rethink how I look at Bethesda Game Studio games, because I'm like, okay, you guys can do a lot better, you guys are a bigger studio, I'm pretty sure, and you guys can do a lot more. You just don't try as much. Like, they really don't. They don't make new updated engines. They just kind of can't. You're re-releasing stuff and everything else. So, I really want to... It, it puts up a high bar where now it's... I'm not under the thrall of Bethesda Game Studios anymore. Which I, I, I still do enjoy Skyrim and Fallout and, like, Elder Scrolls in general. But now I have more expectations from them and their coming titles like Starfield. Of, like, hey... If they can do this with The Witcher, I know you can do it with this. So this will determine... This This definitely changes how I, I perceive if I'm going to get future Bethesda games, depending on uh, what they can do with what they have. Yeah. I mean, I, I very much understand what people are talking about. That like, So before The Witcher came out, I was like, yeah, whatever. I give a bunch of slack to Bethesda games because like, 
they're fucking huge. Like, it's gonna be impossible to make something of, like, really great quality if you're trying to make a game huge. And then The Witcher comes out and is just like, oh no, you can make a huge, like, a fucking huge game that puts the, the like, Fallout 4 to shame in terms of map size. And just, like, fill it with, like, crazy world shit. Like, you can do it. Yeah. And I also, I completely forgot to say, also, just in general, the mechanics for the combat style and just the traversal and everything about Witcher 3 were just superb. Dude, they just some, worked really well. There were some moments in that game where you'd be in a fight with, like, a bunch of dudes or just, like, some manticores or whatever, and, like, or whatever the bug things are. There are different ones, I'm not sure. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> dude, the, the fucking, you know the music I'm talking about that would, like, kick up during the fights and, like just i don't know there was something amazing about the the sword combat mixed with the spell combat of like the the different signs and like you could really make your character play like one specific way if you wanted to like i don't know it was just consistently fun yeah and I will say, like, as the first, like, Witcher 3 feels like, okay, this is very much a life story, whereas uh, Blood and Wine feels like this is, like, an adventure, but this is, like, an endgame adventure because it's the end. It's the end of this entire everything. So, it felt, that's why it felt so weird playing, I'm not only playing James the end of a trilogy of games, I'm playing the end of... Only I jumped into the end of an entire series of multiple books, two multiple games, and just went to the last, very last thing, which felt so, so melancholy, where I felt like I was supposed to do so much more and everything. Like, it, it's, it feels weird, because it's like, I, I do feel like I skipped right to the end, and it's like the juiciest end, because you're like, oh, it's literally, every, if you led everything up to this, it would probably feel a hundred times over more just like emotional and uh i don't know just invested so i do at certain point want to get through the books just read all the books and then i've heard it's a little bit hard now just because they've aged but probably on pc see if there's some mods that update them a bit but play through the first two games and then replay the third game eventually uh, i think that would be that's something i really really want to do and hopefully one day I could talk to everyone about it and just kind of go through everything again and be like, hey, after now doing all of this, this is how I feel about it now. Um, but we'll see how many seasons of The Witcher Netflix show happen by the time I finish yeah. when I do all this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's, I'm sorry. That was my, like I said, it, it took almost, what is this? It took me an hour, James? Yeah, I think you literally were talking about The Witcher for an hour. I'm so sorry, but yeah, this is why I couldn't do it for a regular show. I just, I've, I've been wanting to do it for so long. Oh my God. I'm just so happy I could finally do that. Oh shit, it's midnight. Yeah. Um, all right, James, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> you know what? I think I could skip talking about Days Gone for this time. I, I think I could hold off on my final, final impressions for the next time because I'm getting tired. Are you sure? Yeah, it's not that All right. Cool. All right. All right, cool. Sorry, man. No, I, no, just, no, no. I just wanted to so badly. No, that was a really good talk about The Witcher, though. 
All right, cool. I wasn't sure if I was just like basically just spewing shit or if I was just actually talking, but oh my God, it just felt so good because nah. I was like, I hope I remember everything about it. And I was like, fuck, I remember everything about it. And it just almost makes me want to go and play it again. But I'm like, no, you can't. It'll take you years. Yeah, like the fact that you've talked about it for literally an hour straight with like me barely uh, like interjecting, like you clearly really, really enjoyed that game. I, it honestly, it was, it was one of those, not necessarily life-changing game, but it does feel like honestly a somewhat, there's certain games in your life that you play just like books or movies or something that kind of, they do this small thing where they, they, they kind of twist a small thread in your mind or another, just, I don't know, your mind or your heart. And it's just like, that honestly did it for me. Like speaking from the heart and maybe probably from the mind too, like it, it did like, I, I felt small differences coming out of it. I was like, I don't know. I just, I feel a little bit different just as a person just because i don't know it just i don't know it did something it, it was a really important game to me honestly that's cool yeah but all right Whew. that's uh that's done and we'll yeah i didn't get to do my, my stupid cw tv show shit which would have been the opposite of this it would have just been me being like yo shit's fucking wild bro um but yeah so episode 51 You'll talk about Days Gone, I think. Yeah. And if we have time, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the main thing we'll talk about besides news. And if there's still time afterwards, I'll, I'll see if I can count, do the stupid ass CW TV show stuff. Not saying you know, not nothing against them. It's just you know, there's there's a whole history there. Oh, yeah. Uh But all right, uh, we'll close out now, uh, which I'll say first. Uh, like I said, check out the link below uh, that I should have there. If I didn't, fucking tell me because I can't believe I didn't. But I should have it there. Uh, our first link for the first uh, kind of nonprofit we're going to be putting here, which we're going to do a different one each week. Uh, this one will be the Bail Project, which will bail out basically people that have been protesting uh, for Black Lives Matter. Uh, the cops have wrongfully probably arrested. So if you donate there, that will help in various locations, uh, depending. I think I don't know if it'll if you can choose to which specific one it'll go to, but it does show that there's many chapters throughout the the country uh so it will help somewhere and will help someone for sure uh but there'll be a link there to the to the site so you can donate if you'd want to do that obviously for us um we as a show we don't make any money off of this we don't accept any money like there's no way we don't have a paypal or anything or patreon um we actually i, I lose like 15 bucks a month doing this which is fine I'm, I, I like doing this show enough that I, it's okay uh but I just do want to talk about this, James, uh, for what's next for the show and what we hope for. So for sure, I don't know if you guys will notice this. This is actually probably the worst one to start with just because of the fucking length. Um, I'm probably going to do it uh, not necessarily by game, but more so by kind of like topic area. Uh, but for the first time, you guys will see um, uh, you're going to see uh, time codes. I'm going to put down some time codes between... Uh, Everything from here's the events change to the IGN stuff to the Destiny stuff to the PlayStation stuff to the Witcher stuff. Uh, just kind of in between each one. So you know maybe if you want to skip ahead to something, there's now going to be time code. And I'm going to do my very best to now make that standard for this show to now include time code. Uh, just kind of as a small quality improvement for the show itself. So that is honestly really the big change that you're going to see here is just... That, that extra piece that you'll see in the show notes. Uh, so the show notes will be, of course, a little bit longer now that they're, that's going to be there. But I do want to say kind of, 
James, what do you hope for, I guess, in the next 50 episodes or just kind of for the show in general? What do you hope to see next or oh, kind of for like, us to become? I know it's a hard, uh, it's a hard topic. But. Yeah, I wish I had kind of thought about this beforehand, but just like, I just would like to see our fan number grow and just like maybe, I mean, this is not really stuff that we can ourselves can uh, control, but like, I'd like to see our, our number of consistent listeners keep grow uh, like growing, even if it's just like a slow growth, just like progress i guess i would agree as well um i remember for sure like i know we've tried to get people to interact already but like i really would like there to be like more people writing in if possible because i think it'd be really fun to have some interaction uh, back and forth between our fans i i would love that as well um i know we still haven't gotten shit besides my stupid friend being not these two but it was just fucking hey sonic and his feet and i was just like i hate you um but I, I honestly, that's probably my biggest thing too, is I do want us to have more of a uh, number of people. I would love that as well. Uh, but also, yeah, I would love to have more of an inter- interaction with people and just have people actually messaging us saying, hey, I really like this. Or, hey, um, I- I've always wanted to ask this question. Or, hey, you guys fucking suck. I'm like, hey, you said something to us. Awesome. <laughs> but, you know, any of that stuff, I'm, I, I, it's better than nothing. Attention. Exactly. Um, but I will say, so I haven't honestly, even though we've been in quarantine, it's like, oh, you might have all the time in the world. I'm like, dude, I've been nonstop productive with everything from honestly, like I've been still working remotely, uh, doing some gaming audio stuff on the side, but honestly, not much recently. Um, but also we still do this podcast and I've been honestly gaming the shit out of stuff. And also the amount of social interaction I've had virtually with people has actually been to an extent kind of fatiguing, like very much so fatiguing where I actually had to tell people I couldn't make a, a weekly movie thing we've been doing, which we actually do actually for weekly movie nights. Now that I think about it, that's actually a lot. Um, but, uh, I haven't had time to really work on any extra stuff for the show so far, but I will say one goal I have for us is I do want us to, uh, the two things I'm going to try for us is to get us on YouTube, uh, to finally get us on YouTube. I'm going to see, I'm going to hit up my friend that did, uh, he did volunteer to kind of give us at least some video stills. So it won't be a moving images or us video, but you'll at least be able to have the option or tell other people that they can now listen to us on YouTube. Uh, so that's one thing I want to do. The other thing is, I don't know who, I don't know where, but I'm going to do my best to see if we can gain entry into a podcast network. So there's various podcast networks throughout everything. Like there's so many different podcast networks, which it's usually like some overarching company or just like a a federation or I guess coalition of people or whatever. And it's just them grouping together, kind of sharing fandoms with each other. So it's like, hey, this podcast network's got like one about cars, one about sports, one about um, space or radio dramas and stuff. And uh, it's like kind of like that where maybe even some of them have Patreons, I'm not too sure. But if we can become part of a larger overgrowth, like an or, or, a larger overarching family, that's probably what I'm going to try to see if we can do. Because of course that will help us grow immensely and hopefully maybe we bring something that that network doesn't have and it's like hey let's have these fucking two dudes talk about random bullshit for three hours about cw and be like hey you know i bet you guys don't have that yeah um, see how that works yeah so that's that's uh something else i do want to try to work on 
I don't know how long it's going to take for either of those, just because one involves me trying to work with another group of people to get into that, and the other involves me trying to kind of help get a friend to help me out to kind of make these videos still. So, like, I don't know. I don't also... I'm, I can't pay anyone to do this either since it's like I, I barely, you know, 15 is still a certain amount for each month for me to do just for this. So I don't know uh, how that will go exactly, but I'll keep you guys updated as um, as things happen, or at least um, if things happen. But, you know, I'll do my best. Uh, if there's other stuff in the future, you know, maybe one day, one day, I don't know. It really depends on how successful we become. And how much this show would take off. It's like, you know, a Patreon or something. But I don't know. I uh, Also, like I said before, I do want to attempt to do another podcast as well. Uh, with some other people I've talked to in the past before. Um, it wouldn't be like this one. It would be more so specifically tied to a specific topic. Uh, it would just be about a topic. And it could be something, even politics. I don't even know. It would be anything, really. Uh, but we'll, uh, that's also potentially that would be also in the works. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, uh, how other people feel about that too. Uh, but you did hear about that. I think I was talking on that one episode that my friend Ty was on for that one. Um, but all right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what we look at for the future and what we're hoping for. But until then, at least hope you enjoy this added, um, options to see these time codes to to skip ahead to what you want or see maybe where you've left off where you want to stop and stuff like that but uh in the meantime if you do want to contact us if you want to give us feedback positive or negative or give us a question that you may want us to read on the show uh you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com again that's sutrasidetalk at gmail.com it'll all be in the show notes so just check there and you'll see the link or like the the web the email to copy and just kind of you know use it email us whatever. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us at Suture Side Talk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, you can at Invader Jim One Two Four. If you want to follow me, you can at GoGoComzilla. And uh, if you want to help us out, so obviously like I said, no money, but if you want to, depending if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, uh, Google fucking was podcast, Google Play Music, and uh, SoundCloud. Uh, you can follow us, subscribe to us, leave us a five star review or an actual full written review, depending. Uh, like us, whatever it is for that specific platform. If you could do that, that helps us because it does give us kind of like a little push on that platform, I believe. And uh, the best, the most helpful thing you can do definitely is to share our podcast with other people share it with your family your friends share it with your dog i don't know but just kind of word of mouth is what helps us out the most if you see us maybe post uh we release the show on twitter and stuff just retweet that that kind of thing and that that does help us and things like that but yeah that's if you want to help us that's what you can do uh and i think that's all we got i think that's everything i got covered uh any last words james yep just thanks for listening and thank you for fucking sticking with us for four hours if you did. Like, holy shit. Th like, damn. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but also thank you. Uh, drink alcohol. Uh, but yeah, see you guys next week for episode 51. Yeah. It will be less than half the length of this one, I promise. Make an evening out of this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So long, you guys.